Welcome back. We're here in the Dr. V. Well studio. And of course, we have an extra special treat for everybody. Uh, today, we actually have, uh, that, that's twofold. Today, we have the, the Dubleve. We have two guests with us. Uh, you know, these, uh, these two individuals, you know, they've been crushing it for some time locally uh, and, and abroad. They are, oh, uh, they are entrepreneurs. They are adventurers. They are parents. Uh, they currently own uh, Cure Restaurant in Portsmouth and Emerald Elevation in, uh, in Elliott, Maine. Uh, these are two of my friends. I'm so excited to have them on today. Uh, Julie Cutting Kelly and Darren Kelly, welcome aboard, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. I'm, uh, yeah, you're, you're, very, you're very welcome, and I'm so excited to have two guests on. You know, having the uh, you know the pre-show phone call with you guys was really great, and um, you know, just super excited to you know to see you know you know business, and you know we're in the, we're in the same industry, we're in uh, you know we're in, you know there to, to create healthy edibles, not not necessarily healthy, but better edibles for people, and uh, you know more high quality edibles for people. Um, so I uh, I want to get you know I want I want to get started. You know, you guys are are you know if you could tell from the the introduction, the, these two individuals are married. Uh, you guys have been been married for some time. Um, how how long has that been for? Fourteen years now. <laughs> With a question mark. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it, every day feels like a first, like a honeymoon. But I, yeah, fourteen. Fourteen years. It'll be fifteen this year. Yeah. Wow. That's that's uh, yeah. That's impressive. I'm I'm going on about two months. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you Good so much. <laughs> well, no, man, you want to know what it, it, you do need. It is congratulations and you do need luck, right? Like that's what I'm seeing. We've, my partner and I, we've been together for like eight years and we've, we have a kid together. So like we're, we're, we're doing it, you know, we've been at it. And, Absolutely. um, so it's not, not like the, you know, the marriage is, is completely new or has changed, changed too much. Um, but it's really, uh, you know, it is, it's, you need a little bit of luck. You need a lot of, a lot of hard work, a ton of compromise, uh, you know, d- tons and tons of things to, to make it work. And, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you know, you told me a kind of a, a, you know, just a little bit about who you were, you know, Julie, you're, you're local to, to this area, to the seacoast and Darren, you are from up, up a little bit North. Yeah. North, Northern Maine. They, 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 uh, Julie, Julie referred to it the other day as the County. Yeah. It's, it's the County. The County. <laughs> Arista County. I'm from Holton. Okay. Uh, so it's basically Canada, you know, yep. right on the border. Uh, it's the very last stop on 95 North. So it's either where 95 begins or ends, depending on which end of the country you're at. Um, yeah. Lots of uh, potatoes <laughs> there. Uh, so there wasn't a whole lot to do. Yeah. Um, completely different than this end of the state, you know, and uh, it, it back when I was a kid, it was like, you wanted to go anywhere. It was a two hour drive to get to Bangor. Uh, there was no shopping mall anywhere near unless you went to Bangor. Eventually they did get one in Presque Isle, which was another hour north um, from Holton's. An hour north? Yeah. So is that in Canada? No, it's still in Maine. There's still... <laughs> oh, because you're going, you're going like this yeah, in Maine. Yeah, you got... You got like a solid two to three hours of Maine left. Oh, Maine's so good. Yeah. So good. It's just so big up there. You know, I feel like it's going to change at some point where, not that it's going to be so big, but I think that pe- more people are going to move there eventually, like as this the climate warms and stuff yeah. and this becomes a more desirable area, you know, you wonder if it will get more developed. And I think it would have to get more developed if people are going to move up there because there's just not much for people as far as work goes. Like, you, yep. 
got like three or four industries up there that are really hitting it hard. And if you're outside of those industries, there's really not much for you. Um, obviously, the cost of living is substantially lower than it is yeah. anywhere else below, you know, Bangor. Um, is it is it near Millinocket? Is that is that close at all? Millinocket's uh, not far. Yeah, so, yeah I, I just had a buddy move halfway, up there. Yeah, that's the halfway point between Holden and uh, Bangor. It's like Millinocket. Okay, yeah, my buddy just went up to Millinocket, and he he went from he was from Miami. You know, it's an he's oh, from wow. he's from Lewiston, and you know, and hey, we love the people from Lewiston. Absolutely. You know, God God rest the people who we lost souls. You know, we we definitely stand with them, and I uh, yeah, that's a that's a t- brutal brutal fucking Gosh, thing that happened. Awful. Just, you know, just, yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. You know, it's just like seeing all the, you know, in our industry, you know, with, with all the cannabis companies and stuff, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of companies in Lewiston, you know, I've been, spent time up there doing that, you know, I've been to that bar. Senseless, you know? Yeah, senseless, you know, like this could have been preventable like 10, 10 different ways and like, yeah, it's just, just horrible. Um, but no, nonetheless, my buddy went from, you know, my Lewiston buddy who lived in Miami and now he's up in Millinocket, like quite the, quite the change. Yeah. Um, you know, but he's, uh, he's, he's loving it. You know, he's ready to move back home. He's, he's a, obviously he's a Mainer at heart. So he was, uh, you know, he's digging it, going to the local farmer's market to get all the food. And, you know, that's, it's, it's just great. I'm, I'm happy for him. We went up to Millinocket at this place called Three, Three Rivers Farm. Yeah. That's a place you, you go camping you can jump out of a plane and go whitewater rafting. Oh, wow. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. So it's a it's a free plug for them for sure. Yeah. You know, get your ass up to Three Rivers Alliance. You got Baxter's right there. So you know the Baxter State Park mountains there. You got Malkatan. There's all sorts of cool stuff to do. Yeah, my friends, some of us hiked Katahdin. You know, that was like one of the things you could do instead of like jumping out of the plane. So it's the best. Yeah, and now they're having all the uh, legalized cannabis campgrounds too. So yeah, yeah I want to plan a group trip with some friends to do that soon. Yeah, it's cool too. And like maybe with what you you do, like there's there's probably some room for like some you know it's like an out an outdoor barbecue type of deal where we're, where, you know, when, so, when social ones we can consume socially and, you know, that becomes a, you know, consumption, because social consumption becomes a more of a thing then we can kind of, you know, do, I can't wait for events like that. You just have these big, huge cannabis, cannabis, cannabis events where you're having all these people who are great at cooking and great at, at cooking edibles and everyone just coming together, having a great time dancing. Just, I, I'm, I'm super, super psyched about that. Yeah. I mean, I know there's definitely some, uh, some of those spots out west and like california where they do those dinners and stuff um not sure when we'll be able to do that here on a not so hush hush kind of right you know situation uh but yeah there's there's definitely a lot of that stuff yeah we get asked a lot about uh if we're going to expand into dinners and private parties um and yeah we love doing savory items and we've got quite a few menu items that we love to do but i think there has to be that market for it uh, it can't just kind of be sold in a dispensary or a, or a recreational store. It's got to be something that you can really sit down and enjoy on a plate. And, and Yeah, there's just the limitations on packaging and, you know, and you've got to deal with uh, the shelf life of the product if it's going to sit in a dispensary. Yep. So it's like the savory thing is, in theory, a great idea. But then you have to look at all of the other the hurdles that you have to jump over with the packaging and then how can it stay on a shelf for an extended period of time and still be good? Um, yeah. So there's there's a lot more to it than just being like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Right, yeah. Exactly. We've, had, we've had a couple of ideas where we got shot down because of what we were trying to infuse and the state was like, yeah, no, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, they told you you couldn't do certain things. Uh, yeah, you proteins you can't you know okay 
Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that does that make sense? Does that make sense? I, mean, I think it, it makes does. sense. It does because you know a lot of those. It's on the sauce. USDA. Yeah. You'd have to deal with because you're selling a product to a consumer that is you know watched. Yeah. Pretty hard. Yeah. So that would be pretty cool though like you're saying like if you went into a dispenser and you have like these pre-done emerald elevation pre-done meals you go in there you get like a little bit of rice and chicken and it has a little yeah. canvas yeah. in it that yeah. would have been yeah and maybe 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 eventually the usda we figure out that that you know that loophole and we figure out how to how to deal or how to work with them you yeah know, it definitely really be something down the road for sure yeah um, but again at the same time there's got to be a market for it you know yeah it, it, it all all these things sound like great ideas but then you have to worry about the people going into these locations to buy said product, um, how many of those people are looking for something like that? So some things work in certain areas and they just don't work in others. And right. that's something that we've learned in this short journey that we've been on in the industry is that uh, not everything works everywhere. For sure. You know? So for sure. Trying to find those things that do um, and really bring it to the next level. Yeah, and n- not everything works everywhere, but we in, in this situation we have the 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 county boy who came down <laughs> who came down here was searching for a way to to find uh you know to to find you and that's where you find you know you kind of want to get out of get out of Holton and and get and start you started cooking and you got your you know you started becoming a chef in Portland, right? That's where you got started. Yeah, yeah. And my my parents owned a little place uh that you know was a little pizza shop slash general store and uh I was in high school and obviously i had to had to work that was part of the thing and so i was just in there making sandwiches and pizzas and then when it came time to go to college it was like where are you going and what are you going to do and i'm like i don't know what what can i do so i was like you know what screw it i'm making pizzas and sandwiches i'll just go to culinary school hell yeah uh so went to culinary school in south portland and then uh worked in the industry the whole time i was in school at, at various restaurants, uh, small some small mom and pop shops, and then also some some corporate you know jobs, and uh, those I didn't really like, but there was a lot of learning involved, you know, and, and the consistency and and how they do everything step by step, the same every day. Uh, so that's that's huge, so important in the restaurant world, and I think in many aspects of the world, is being consistent is key. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I worked in and around Portland, Falmouth, uh, Freeport, um, South Portland, and slowly just made my way a little further south. And then you decided to open it. You you decide you're going to open up your own shop, right? That's, uh, that's where you... so I I opened up a uh, a little brew pub in Elliott. Um, before that, I was working at a restaurant in Freeport, and we were in the process of opening up a sister restaurant to that place in Portland. And then the deal kind of fell through there. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with the investors and everything just kind of imploded. Uh, so it was like right before the holidays. And there was two of us, uh, a buddy of mine who owns a restaurant in Kittery now, Annika Jans. Uh, so a little plug there. Go check those guys out. They do a great job. Yeah, we like them over there for sure. Uh, Giddy up. So we uh, he had moved up from Boston and coming from Boston to Portland was a pretty good jump for him like things are a lot different in the food scene in in boston uh than they were in portland at the time more positive yeah it was just it it was a beast you know he was working at a couple of big name restaurants down there in in a restaurant group um and uh came up here and was like 
okay, we're going to do this and it's going to be great. And then uh, right before the holidays, like I said, we uh, got the call that it was, wasn't going to happen. So we're like, shit, now what do we do? Um, and then we got a phone call from another friend who was involved in that restaurant and the, the sister restaurant to that. And he was like, hey, I just got off the phone and we might have an opportunity for you guys. So we got a call from Fred Forsley, went down and checked out this spot in Elliot. And we were both like, where the hell is Elliot? <laughs> and so we showed up and it was a strip mall. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what do we do? Did a walkthrough and opened it up. You know, and we just kind of, we did our own thing. We were a lot different than a lot of the other restaurants in the group under the, under that umbrella. Um, but just crushed it. This, uh, people, people know about the it, shipyard group, bro. Uh, it, it took off, you know. We started out really small, and then after the first year, we literally tripled in size. Hell yeah. Is it, it, is it still around? Yeah, it's yeah, still around. I, I, yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I'm, yeah, because I was, when we were talking on the phone, I wasn't positive, but then I, I was like, holy shit, I, I, I'm quite certain this place is still around. Yeah. So you're just not, you're not running it anymore. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I left in, uh, I think it was 2010. Yeah, what was like get there? You got to get there here quick. So you were working there in the shipyard blue, but you started this up, and then yeah. then Julie, where where were you at this? Where where were you? Who you know? Let's let's yeah, let's totally. Get, um, so you were, he was the county boy, and you were yep. you know you were you were a local local yeah, sea coast. I was born and raised uh, salt of this earth right here. My mother uh, was born and raised in Elliot. My father in Portsmouth. And uh, I was basically a wild child most of my junior high and high school years. And it's so funny because I remember getting pulled into the principal's office uh, for cannabis and him looking at me and saying, you know, smoking and, and alcohol will never get you anywhere in life, Julie. And now I own one of the most popular restaurants in Portsmouth and a, uh, you know, very well thriving uh, cannabis uh, edible company. Uh, alcohol and, uh, and it, it did yeah, get you somewhere. It did. It did. It gets somewhere together. Yeah, yes. together. <laughs> I know. Um, so, uh, yeah. So basically, I was living in my parents' in law apartment in Elliott, uh, having the best time of my life. All my girlfriends would come and we'd get ready and go out to State Street and just live our best lives. And uh, they came knocking one day and were like, uh, if you don't figure out what you're going to do with your life, we're going to cut you off. <laughs> oh, man. That can't happen. So. I uh, basically signed up for uh, uh, culinary school at York County Technical College. It was technical at the time. It's community now. And uh, did a year program there. And it was just so short. It was so quick. It was like one day you're making soups and sauces. The next day you're you're on to seafood. And I just wasn't really getting what I, what I was looking for. So I transferred my credits over to Le Cordon Bleu in Dover. Um, so basically, actually, this is the really funny part that... Uh, one of the days where all me and my girlfriends were hanging around by the in-ground pool at my parents' house, and my mom comes over and says, oh, there's a new restaurant down the street. You're going to go apply for it now that you're in culinary school. And I was like, no, mom, come on, not today. So they dragged me down, and I walk in, and Darren, as he mentioned, his partner Jason was there, and he's got a big smiling face, and Darren didn't have any employees. He had one guy. He was working seven days a week. And uh, I go in, and I'm in a white dress, and I've got my tan, and I just think I'm the coolest thing. And I walk in and I say, hi, chef, uh, I'm in culinary school and I, I, I want to be a line cook for you. And he looks at me like, yeah, OK. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, so are we going to do this? And he's like, I'll think about it and I'll call you. And I was like, oh, OK, great. So I get back in my mom's convertible and she's like, how'd it go? And I was like, he's going to call me. I get a call about an hour later from Jason. He goes, I am so sorry. What did the chef say to you? And I said, he said he was going to think about it and he gave me a call. He goes, no, no, no. 
you are hired and we're going to pay you $11 an hour. And this is 2005, mind you. I was like, $11 an hour? I'm making nothing right now. This is great. Uh, so I took the job and I would go to culinary school all day at Macintosh College in Dover and uh, come over after. And uh, Darren would cook the saute side and I would drop the French fries and, and make the wraps and all of this. And he'd bark at me. Well, the burger's ready. Are the fries ready? And I'd say, uh, just just one minute, chef. And he go, well, a process. And he go, well, it's a good thing their burger's going to be cold and their fries are going to be hot. So, needless to say, we had a little bit of a tumultuous relationship there for for the beginning part of it. And uh, like I said, I, w- I was a wild child. I didn't have a driver's license at the time, so nightly I would I would cross two thirty six to get back to my parents' house. And he'd pull up in his Mitsubishi Montero Sport and say, do you want a ride? And I'd say, no, no, thank you, after him barking at me all, all, all dinner service. So I would cross 236 and walk back home. And this had went on for months. And finally, I always thought he was adorable. And I respected how hard he worked. And I liked the way his butt looked in his chef pants. <laughs> uh, so he pulled up one night and he says, do you want a ride? And I said, yeah. And I get in and, he, and I go, well, where where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to Portland to the Ale House to watch a band. And I was like, yeah, OK, I'll go too. And he goes, I'm not coming back. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, as in, like, dude, I'm sleeping over your house tonight. So uh, we did. And then, I mean, no, no, we did not. Not that. It didn't transpire that night. No, exactly. Uh, It took took a while. It took a while. I am, I am, um, I'm a lady. Uh, Yes, giddy up. Uh, I love it. uh, But a couple of weeks there of like. And and not not that, not that, yeah, even if you had that night, you know, you might have ended up still right here. And so maybe, you know, we we can be ladies, but we could also, you know. No, of course, of course. Be free. Do what you want. Actually, I was like, so we we, we go to the ale house, we go back and like, you know, we're kind of laying in the bed. I don't remember any of this. Is he going to make a move? Like, see, that what's happening here. So I remember calling my girlfriends, being like, "He didn't make him out." Well, that's um, a, you know what? No what That that must have been a tough, precarious thing. It's this guy it, because he was like, "Hey, you know, you, I, I I was offering you being trying to be nice here, just offering you a ride home. Obviously, like you're cute and you're sure. doing this stuff, and I like sure. and I maybe maybe I like you." Or I wasn't expecting it to just come and stay home. Yeah, exactly. I, of course, I was just trying I to give you a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I go after what I want. That's it, man. Giddy up. Uh, so basically, it was kind of some awkward cooking shifts, and then the whole shipper was like a family and uh chuck was this just very charismatic um uh, bartender that we had that we worked with and he finally caught wind that we were dating and i'll never forget there's a chinese food restaurant right next to the shipyard and and he was like i'm gonna get some chinese food you want some and i was like yeah sure whatever i'll have a b2 or whatever it was and chuck goes and puts the office chairs together lights a candle and like i come around and there it is i was like this is so mortifying like we're still in the awkward state but uh yeah, so basically we started running from there. I went up to Portland and um, did an externship for Harding Lee Smith, who owns the front room and the corner room and the grill room. Uh, right- I'm not sure if you owns all of them. Oh, does he not? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he did it in 2005 or whenever. When, when you, yeah, we're talking about when you went up there. Yes, yes. Uh, and they actually called him the devil in the kitchen. And um, I really, I had a, a good experience working for him. I remember one time he was yelling at me about pork chops and I said, can I talk to you? I took him over by, by the bathrooms and I said, Harding... You know, we, we got to learn how to work with respect for each other. And he's like, no one's ever talked to me like that before. And I was like, damn straight. You got to learn today. Yeah. So uh, that was a great experience. I almost went to Disney. Thank gosh I didn't do that because they came and recruited at the school. And they sent me a letter that said, oh, you'll be working at the Liberty Tree Tavern. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. Plus, I'll get to stay in a dorm and party it up. And Darren was like, 
you need to look into what you're really going to be doing there. And I, so I did. I looked it up, and it was like Liberty Tree Tavern. Their specialty was turkey legs with, like, <laughs> the Cisco vegetables. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be doing turkey legs my whole life. So uh, headed up there, and uh, he, he moved in, put all of his stuff on a bookshelf, and uh, spent the year traveling from Elliott up to Portland and back. And when my lease was up that year, I, I was homesick. I missed my girlfriends and uh, came back down, became the sous chef at the Green Monkey, which I think a lot of people would be familiar with. Uh, did about a year there and went over to the 100 Club uh, for a few months. And then Brazo opened, which was a extension of the Green Monkey. Uh, the two ladies that owned that were um, doing in the process of opening that and went over there as just kind of a basic entry line cook and then was promoted to executive chef a few about a year later. Uh, was there for five years and then opened Cure in 2014, and we'll be celebrating 10 years this January. Okay, and and I and I, I want to say something first uh, before we, we 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 get back caught up on on where Darren or da- where, where Darren was here, and that's that Cure is an amazing restaurant. You know, I, I've I've been there I think two, three times, two or three times. I think three. I, I my partner and I were trying to go up. We definitely know two. We think three. Um, and I I just remember having such positive experiences when I went in there. And yeah, it's like it, it's um, and, and too, I, I was looking online I, and I, I'm very uh, like astute when I just like when I like to look up online, I like to see the reviews like you immediately know about a restaurant like based on on that, on the, the volume of their reviews and the numbers. And you guys are, you know, you're a 4.8 with over 600 yeah, reviews. Really, really proud of that. that. Yeah, that's something that's that's not an easy thing to do. And in, in one of the hardest markets and I would and I would say definitely obviously in New Hampshire, I would say likely and maybe in New England. Um, Portsmouth, like restaurants come here and they, they leave and they, they just get turned over faster than I, like faster than I saw in Boston when I was in school, you know? So, um, something to that for sure. So there's definitely a huge turnover in restaurants. You know, I mean, I spent almost 10 years in Portland and the restaurants that would come and go in the city, it was crazy. Like a two two to three year cycle, right? Like and, and yeah, and and that was you know the time when uh, I forget which magazine would release the you know what not one it, no it was like you know Portland ranked either one or two of restaurants you know per capita, and it was like I think San Francisco would just beat them out. So there was like so many restaurants in the Portland area, and there still is. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a wild industry for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild industry. You, you, uh, when we were talking on the phone, you said that you're a guy, you guys are a bunch of pirates, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think kitchen people are definitely not normal. Yeah. Um, you know, just, uh. I mean, well, in, in every vegetable aspects. that you go to cut or utilize looks like, you know, some kind of genitalia. It's hard to stay professional. But. Yeah, it's so true. Like, you know, the work in the workplace, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the thing is like, you know, and then that's what Julia's saying is like, you know, the, the chef comes over, the line chef comes over to see another chef and they have a carrot in their hand or an eggplant. It's like, well, of course, you know, eventually you're going to throw the, you're going to just keep doing it. But then like on the hundredth time, you're probably going to make, you make yeah. some type of, re- well, like, you know, endo, 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 some type of reference yeah. and, that's just, and, and, and to you're working so hard, right? Like you're working these long ass hours, like 15 hours a day sometimes together. Hard work. Where like sometimes you can't even look at your cell phone for a five to 10 hour period. Go to because, the bathroom, or, let alone, yeah. Exactly, it's, go to the bathroom. It's, it's the trenches, you know? You're eating on a bucket, Yeah. you know, when you can. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I like to kind of think that Cure's recipe for success is, is that I treat my staff truly like family. I mean, we do two holiday parties a year, st- summer and winter. 
Uh, I let the chefs have menu input, uh, you know, bring the ideas. Ultimately, you know, I end up writing it, but I always take their their feedback uh, as well as front of the house. Most of my front of the house has been with me either since the beginning or at least like five or six years. Uh, and we strive to give just as much front of the house service as we do delicious, um, you know, as much affordable food as we can. Um, so, yeah. We're yeah, I mean, that's one yeah. thing that's always Love true it. in the restaurant industry is you're only as good as your employees or the people that you have working Absolutely. with you. You know, I mean, they're they're the ones that really make the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get a, a great group of people working, it's it's only going to be successful. And one thing that I found really funny is that when we were talking to you, like it's so rare to find a couple that work together in a restaurant uh, that that stays long term. Yeah, th- yeah. Uh, but sure. I mean, let's be honest, we didn't work together for all that long. No, no, <laughs> well, that's no, true, that's right? What I'm saying, as I'm saying that we did not do that. Yeah. You sp- yeah. you stayed at the Union Bluff for 12 years while I was uh, Manning Cure. Uh, but now, but now we're doing this together, and it's actually a lot of fun. And um, and it's it's surprising to see how many other couples there are too. Uh, in the restaurant space, you know, that's a unique thing. Um, but in cannabis, it's actually yes. very common. It's common. Yeah, yeah super yeah. common in, in that. And, you know, you guys, you know, we spoke to that a lot. Like, Darren, you were, that's kind of like where you were at, right? Like you were, you had been at the, you went up to Portland. You, 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 the, uh, the, the, you, so, you ended up moving on from the, um, the shipyard brew yeah. pub because they kind of wouldn't let you do your thing, it, right? It's like, just more or less, uh, you know, a difference in what the business should have been. Like, I, I, they, they didn't really want, me or someone like me that was going to create and and execute and do all these things. They just wanted a yes person. Yeah. Uh, basically, here's the menu that you're going to be doing, and that's it. And I was there's like, well, that's, there's really no, no, like, you know, creative input in a lot of those things. Um, and I was like, that's just not for me. That's not where I want to be right now. And, and so I'll stay on as long as you want to bring someone in to take over that role and I'll show them like what I'm doing. And they're like, okay, cool. And then, uh, I just kind of took some time off because I hadn't had a lot of time off. Um, and I forget there was like something else was kind of going on around that time. There was like, we had just bought our house, like not long before that. And there was a lot of things that I hadn't done that I wanted to do. Um, so I took some time off and then my phone started ringing and it was like, Hey, where are you? Do you have a job? Like, what are you looking? Like, I know a guy, you got to talk to this guy. And like all the time, cause I had a lot of friends that were sales reps in the food industry and, you know, obviously word travels fast and they're like, Hey, you know, if you're looking for somebody, give them a call, give them a call. Yeah. And I just kept getting these calls and I got a call from uh, the chef at the union bluff and, and he was like, Hey, uh, you should come in so we can talk. And I was like, okay. So I went in and we sat down and talked for a little bit and just kind of talked about the industry and where we were both at with it and our experiences. And, and, uh, he's like, okay, cool. So when can you start? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, uh, I'm, no, I'm not ready to do that yet. Like I'll think about it. We were just vibing, bro. Yeah, and, right? uh, he was like, so next week, and I, it was only been, I think, like a week and a half or two weeks since I was done at the brew pub. Oh, my Lord, Darren. I thought we were talking about like a couple of months here, dude. Yeah, like you're talking yeah. about two. This is the chef lifestyle, right? Like just the guys would used to work at 15 hours a day. It's like, I took some time off, it you know, really. Very short time. <laughs> I took the weekend off. Yeah. Um, but no, and I was like, I, I want more time, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it ended up 
I think I was like, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Uh, and then I took the job and at the time it was, they had built uh, a function hall where they were doing a bunch of weddings and there wasn't a whole lot. I think that first year I was there somewhere around like 30 events for the whole year. Uh, and yeah, the union bluff is a, is a beautiful hotel on your, on York beach, uh, for the, for the listeners, uh, that, that aren't, uh, you know, aren't as local. It's a beautiful hotel, historic hotel, even maybe yeah. that's yeah. on, that's on York beach. It overlooks the beach on short sands beach. It's, yeah. it's absolutely wonderful. I haven't had the pleasure of eating there. Um, I'm sure it's not as good as it used to be. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there was, you know, two, two restaurants within the hotel, a, a pub, and then more of a, you know, quote unquote, fine dining side, yeah. uh, which was the grill. And then there was the function hall, the meeting house, um, which was a standalone building that had two kitchens in it. Um, I think it was like a 230 person capacity in there. So a big room. Um, and that was really starting to like get hit by the time I came on scene. Cause I think it was like June. Uh, so the middle, you know, summer was just getting yeah. ready. Um, and, you know, Carl, who was the chef there at the time, was basically doing all of the events. So I kind of just got stuck, thrown in the hotel, and it was like, okay, here's the dining room. You can do this all by yourself. It was like 40-some seats, I think like 42 or something with the bar. Welcome back. Uh, and he's like, you should just do whatever you want. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Just, you know, write, write a menu and cool. do whatever you want. So I'm like, okay. So we started doing that, running a bunch of specials. And then I was like, shit, it's literally just me. And then there's, you know, four or five guys cooking for the pub that would crank, um, you know, with the exception of me dropping anything in the fryer or throwing something on the grill, you know, the guys from the pub would do that. Um, and then it just slowly got busier and busier and busier as the years went on. Uh, Carl ended up leaving. And I basically just kind of jumped into that role of, of the executive chef for the entire property. Um, and it just started getting crazy, like 70 events a year, um, beer dinners and wine dinners in the, in the dining room. And then we would do three of those three of each a year, uh, selling out before the menus were even written or we had committed to uh, a brewery or a winery to showcase. Um, and people are like, where's, what's the menu? What's the menu? And I'm like, oh, it's already sold out. So I guess I'll just take the time doing it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's but wild. That, that was, that was fun because it was like, so it wasn't like a regular restaurant that you could come into. Well, no, it was, but we would do those, uh, dinners on the off season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we would just sell them out like just one seating. Wow. That's like, pretty cool. Uh, you know, five course. Do meal. they still do that there? Uh, I don't know if they still do it there. I, I did. I think I'd. I think they did two or three when I, after I left. Cool. Um, I don't think they went over well. Yeah, right. Um, I ended up going back after I left and did one that I'd already committed to. Um, and it was, uh, those were fun because you could just be creative and do whatever you wanted because people didn't have a choice. Like they just, they got what they got and they didn't get upset. Yeah. And if they did, it didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. That's um, cool, man. Yeah. It, it was fun. And I, I, you know, I did that and we just, it was kind of like, hey, we want to start a family and this isn't, this lifestyle is just not going to work for that uh, with the hours. And I was just getting burnt out and done and over and wasn't going to get any younger and tired and 
sore. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, man. Stand your feet in the kitchen for 15 hours a day. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not easy. Yeah, it's great help. I mean, we had I had a great staff that worked there. Yeah, uh, they were huge. Yeah, so that's definitely what transis- transitioned us into the cannabis industry. It was yeah that drive of in in the when did you leave the when did you leave the bluff? Uh, January. What was the date today? <laughs> what well, was, did you, what I'm asking, did you go, like, how long were we waiting before we ended up starting the cannabis uh, venture? January 2021, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's been two years. Um, but so we had started the conversation of doing that, like, while I was still there and just going through the motion of trying to get this, that business up and going. Um, and it just so happened that the hotel, uh, was set to sell in December of 2020. Um, and it was, yeah, it was perfect timing. I was kind of like, well, this is just the perfect time for me to jump out Yeah, and go be done with with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget that that's, that's how we, we decided was we're sitting there during COVID and you were still working and I was doing takeout with Cure. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, what is the world going to look like after this? You know, especially with restaurants and all of that. And I think we were smoking a joint by the fire and, and, uh, we were like, well, you know what, why don't I love cannabis clearly getting suspended during all my, you know, in trouble with my whole life. Let's do this, uh, in a legit professional way. So we actually, uh, took our hand at, um, doing a recreational store first in Kittery. You know, it's, it's in something you said to me on the phone that I'd like to talk about. Like it, the reason why we, you know, you became a chef and stuff is you said, you know, like being a ninety, being a nineties kid, yes. it was tough to know what real food means. Definitely, um, like that. That speaks to me so hard because, like, our parents, you know, they had no idea. You know, they're getting these commercials that were telling us what, like, you know, mac and cheese and craft mac and cheese, and then Capri Suns were, Absolutely. you know, were the giddy up. And you want to know what? I've said this on the show before. They are pretty good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, give me, give me, give me a Pacific Cooler all day, every day. I'm gonna suck it right down. Well, they you make know? the clear bottom now, so you can see if there's actually mold in it before you drink it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's why the clear. Mistakes were made. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's saying mistakes are made. Mistakes are made. I'm, I'm sad. Is Jacob's crushing it today? But I don't. His audio is gonna be is gonna be tough because he doesn't have his, he doesn't have his mic. And, and well, no, dude. It's that's why I'm trying. I gotta, I gotta, because we, we're, we're we're always improving here at the Doctor Bewell Podcast. But we because we, we have two guests on here, we had to steal Jacob's mic. Uh, but sorry. he said he's no, 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 please, please. <laughs> no. He's just saying how the Capri Suns are still so are still so good, you know. And they are, they are so good. And that's the thing is, it's you know everything in moderation. Go get the bullshit. But like you know, there's no word organic. You know, it was like you know I didn't really know what I. Oh, absolutely. You know, my father uh, was the vice president of Cumberland Farms for like I don't know 45 years, and my mother was a dental assistant. So is you know, as, as soon as we could be latchkey kids, basically we'd get off the bus and like kind of fend for ourselves. And my sister would always pull out a box of Betty Crocker and, you know, make brownies or something just for fun. And then we had this terrible nanny. God bless your aura. Uh, but um, it was either mac and cheese or hot dogs or like Stouffer's pizza. And uh, and I would be out running around using my imagination, but then to come in and fuel my body with with processed foods was just like, I actually had a little stint of, I actually had, I had uh, meningitis uh, at 10 years old. And then to go back into eating that food, I actually became very overweight in fifth grade. Um, And that was really challenging for, you know, for junior high to be trying to figure out what you, you know, what your 
how how your body responds exactly. to food and, and, and you know the time and when you're going to your identity where you want to be oh my I can't and just with the girls who are mean to each other you know yeah. like luckily I was always very humorful and I was always outgoing and and so I didn't get like really bullied for for that but I always felt like you know you go to the junior high dance you're like oh I want to dance with a boy and like no one asks you so it's yeah. like that feeling so with our daughter now, it's like we really make sure that like we do, you know, like I'll do shrimp and brown rice and broccoli with her. Darren's great on the grill. So we'll do, you know, roasted potatoes with green beans and, and steak and just whole foods. I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. We definitely go to Chuck E. Cheese here and there. And, you know, there are those uh, occasional uh, the, the the sitter will take her to, to McDonald's. But it's it's I feel like it's a good. It's a balance. Like if the kid doesn't get McDonald's. Yeah. Exactly. Second, third, guess what? If he doesn't get McDonald's. And this is your your daughter. You have two kids. Yes. I know you, you just have a, you have a new son as well. It's Six weeks tomorrow. That's and that's a giddy up, guys. You know. Thank you. Actually, I will clap my, for myself for that. Thank you. Yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had a baby six weeks ago, guys. You know, come on. Like, she's in the podcast. If she had a meeting with me like two weeks afterwards, like, oh, do you want to do this on Zoom? And she's like, no, no, come on in. We'll come to this. Oh yeah, I'll strap him on. Yeah, I strap him on. Exactly. Right. It was just. It was so. So it was so so perfect. And and I uh, and I want to say too, like that that you are a beautiful person, and that you know we we like it, that is such an uh, a, a sad thing that that. But you know the way you spoke to it was so beautiful because in in like any young woman who's listening or a young man too who's listening Absolutely. to this. Like, guess what, guys? Like, you you aren't always gonna you you can change the way you look, you can change the way you feel, you can change the way. And, and food and exercise, that's the stuff that matters. It really, it, it really does, and it makes us feel it makes us feel better when we're doing that stuff. And it's we gotta. Not everyone has the great ex- example of of parents who are making them the good food. And I, you know, if you're a kid, you're just going towards. So I feel bad for some of those kids, but I. And of course, it's expensive to eat healthy. We all know that. I mean, to grab a, a privilege, you know, a prepackaged something is is easy, convenient, and affordable. Uh, vegetables go quick, very quickly, and not everyone has knows how to cook them. That's why every summer I have a group of camp rangers that come. Uh, it's about twenty kids, and I teach. I've taught them Brussels sprouts and uh, cauliflower. I always throw like a little cream and cheese in there just to make it, you know, it's yeah. kid friendly. Uh, last time we did mushrooms from New Hampshire Mushroom Company. They donated. They're coming on the mushrooms. show. Oh, wonderful! Oh, we love them. Yeah, they're they're awesome. They're on our chicken dish right now at Cure. Okay, uh, hell yeah. Yeah, they're they're great. Uh, so definitely these outreach programs that I can do to, to work with kids and to That's get, huge. get them involved and um, I'd love to partner with you on something like that, that at some point you know we'll, we'll get it, people educate them we'll do like a thing about the bees and then we can have them get a healthy meal where we incorporate the honey that we harvested from the bees or something yeah. you know I think that would be really awesome yeah we donate all this that say starts restaurant week um, for 10 days and all of our food that's even even cooked can go to gather uh, so if we have pasta that we cooked off as long as it's been uh, properly handled which obviously it is uh, we can donate that right to them. Any canned goods, no matter no matter what state it's in. That's awesome that 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 you can you can donate the the cooked food and um for the audience it's amazing yeah because that's always a, a thing that they, you can't do and it's like you have to throw that shit out and it's like must suck right it must have stuck for so long like two years ago that there was like thousands of pounds of spaghetti that were like dumped in like New Jersey or something like in the woods yeah <laughs> right like why don't would... dump it donate it don't dump <laughs> yeah don't dump it donate it exactly it's like I, I I'm I'm blessed that my, you know my mom God rest her soul you know she's she's with us now but she taught me how to cook you know she's a, not a classically it's funny you shoot it. You look Le Cordon Bleu. The schools that you know the Le Cordon Bleu is a, a certification that this beautiful school, this beautiful school in um, in uh, France was like one of the first culinary schools, and then they created the program and brought them over to the United States and, and uh, gave certifications to these certain colleges, right? And that's yes. 
So my mom would always say that, like Cordon Bleu, and I know, like, kind of knew what it was meant, but she would always talk about how she was, she could, you know, she was, or she could have been a Le Cordon Bleu chef because she had been, done these programs, and like, oh, I love that. she was, she, for like a person, I, I didn't, like, I was so blessed. The meals that this woman would cook, like, oh, were incredible. Like, and then she did some, you know, she did some, uh, she was like, uh, like, uh, you know, when she went back to work, it was, I was one of five, so she was a, you know, stayed at home mom, sure. and when she did go back to work a little bit, she was like an executive chef for this catering catering company, and. So she she just was good. She could That's run a kitchen. Funny. She was a, a pretty you know in a, like she, she wasn't outgoing, so it took like everything out of her. She was very like introverted, of course. And so she had to have like a really good team around her to 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 help facilitate things. But she did do it for a few years, and like what she just you know she taught me how to cook. Like you know I I I make a uh, you know a mushroom marsala. That I would stack up. I, I, I leave the chicken out of it because my partner, she's a vegetarian. But okay, I was gonna say that's the dish that the New Hampshire mushroom company's on. So you'll have to. Yeah, come I'm coming by. And they yeah. give me some, give me some tips on if you think it needs improvement. Yeah, well, hell yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I love to, 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 I love to try not tips on improvement. But we can just talk about of our course, marsala recipes course, totally. because I literally, I would, I would put mine up against anyone's because it, I, I just have cultivated it. I, I've been messing around a little bit with some of the New Hampshire mushroom companies. Sure. I found out that blue oysters. Are, I, I don't love putting them in there. But they're they're okay, yeah. you know they're they're okay. I, I there was this uh, it's, I forget I'm gonna botch the name, but it's like matasaka matasaki. It's like yeah. this super popular J- Japanese mushroom that that's super popular in Japan, but it grows here. It's local. It can be locally foraged, and I've picked up a couple of them. You know, off the past couple of weeks, you know, I've picked so up a couple funny. of them. And um, one of the, our accounts, uh, Grove Cannabis, their driver is a friend of mine, and he he called just the other day. I was like, I just found a whole whole plot of chicken of the woods. Would you would you would you want them? And I was like, absolutely, bring them down. I was like, what do you want for? I was like, I just want to bring my ten year old son to come and eat a dish that has the mushrooms in them. So I uh, I messaged the manager and was like, you know, Hayden's coming in with his boy tonight, and make sure they get the chicken dish, and make sure we use the hen of the woods. And he wrote back, I was. Like it was so cool, and it really made Abel's like day to see that we picked those together and and how they were utilized into food. Yeah, it was really special. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a giddy up. <laughs> that's a giddy up. Like you know that connection to the connection to food and the connection to community. Uh, like it's I'm almost gonna cry because like that's a thing. Imagine being that Abel, like that kid. Yeah. You know, he got to pick the mushrooms with his dad, and then got to say, "Hey, this is a thing that we can." Instead of like. You know, which sometimes I think, like in these in both industries that yeah, you guys are in, and, and that uh, you know, cannabis that I'm in, they it, it regulation sometimes. It's like you should absolutely be able to pick a mushroom and and, and forage it and then serve it in your restaurant. Totally. Like you should be able to do that stuff. There needs to be safe food. You know, 100. percent We need barriers around food, and we need to be safe about it. But we need to allow for stuff like that to be able to happen. Like you know, I know, and that, that's what you guys do at Cure. I think is really cool. You're telling me more about it, like the the local makers, you know, the local, you know, you're, you're getting all the local, you know, local food. And, you know, before you even said something and something I I kind of wish I, I knew more about and maybe you guys can educate me, uh, you know, about is, you know, you said like the Cisco vegetables because yeah. Cisco is the big food company mm-hmm. that you see that that's delivering to a lot of, you know, uh, restaurants and a lot of. So Cisco, that's that's not good, right? It's they've done a ton of work actually, though, over the past like 10, 15 years on really having sustainable practices as well. And they also um, do buy a lot of their produce from local farms. Okay, and, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're actually doing a decent job. That, yeah, I had that mentality for a long time too. I, uh, I think, I think all companies are kind of making that that, that change and 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 learning to utilize you know, what they have available around them. Um, you know, I mean, with someone like a Cisco, they're, they're a national company. Um, so they're all over, you know, the, the U S and beyond. And they, what, what they do is 
now they're they're using those programs in each region that they're in to do what they're doing around here with utilizing some of the local farmers for their product, like tomatoes and and yeah, the microgreens they have it. It's the salad greens and stuff like that, which is great. Um, so I, you know, we we can't knock a lot of those companies like we used to yeah. because they that it never used to be that way, and it wasn't just them. And it I meant that other- from back in the Disney as like the bag that you get, like this, like the the crinkle cut carrot that you yeah. got with the snow yeah. key that comes right out of, and you're sautéing it. That's what they were doing at Disney. So when I saw that, yeah. that's what I meant by like the Cisco. Yeah, bag. no, no, I, yeah. yeah. It's just in general, like I think that's kind of uh, the way things are going. Yeah. Now. Well, it's just like it's a it's a real thing, right? Like, because it's a different. You go to Applebee's and you go to Cure and you get an apple your burger from Applebee's and it, it has lettuce, tomato, and, and the beef beef on there, bread on there. Then you go to Cure, like the burger is so much like it's so vastly. It, I can't even like explain the like. It's like doesn't even feel like it's food. You know, that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. Like you know, it's like where where are they even getting this? You know, where are they getting this stuff? Like you know, it's like. No, but then I but then I go to the grocery store sometimes and I see some stuff or certain grocery stores and I say, oh, that's where they're you know maybe that's where they're getting it or they're getting it from the same person that that they're serving sure. at Applebee's or something and it's like, I just want you know a little bit you know like the there's yeah I mean I think there's there's different tiers of you know the the different programs that a lot of these companies provide to their you know customers and uh, I think there's a market for all of it you know and it's the same thing in the cannabis industry there's a market for everything. Um, it's just a matter of where that market is. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean the restaurants. The 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 reason why those restaurants do so great, the the corporate chain restaurants, is they're consistent. I saw a post from Eater just like four days ago that said the chain restaurants are making a comeback. That really, yeah, the chili. It's and it's, the... it's a the price point and the consistency. Well, like you you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, how much it's going to cost, and you know what you're going to get every time. Whether it's incredible or just mediocre, at least you know what you're paying for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get dollar margaritas, and they, yeah, yeah, they're incentivizing you to come there as well, 100. Yeah, percent It's a real conversation to right. The people who are going exactly. That's exactly that's what Darren's saying. There's a market for it. There's people yeah. who are willing to go and, and and want that experience, or they don't they don't care about that experience. They're just looking to. Get but a it, cheap meal and fill your belly. Yeah, yeah. And no shame I, with that. No, there's, I'm not sitting here judging anybody. I mean, like I said, I grew up on that. It's just a different route that I try to choose with, with my body. But No, for sure. Yeah. But I just feel like it's not real. You know, I feel like and I'm, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm talking about Applebee's and I'm not necessarily, you know, saying them exactly. You know, it's like, but I just feel like it's just so, it's it's not the same when I was in 2008 when I was in high school. I'll tell you what, I used to fucking love gold fever wings from the 99. <laughs> <I>, sure. <laughs> sure. They were awesome, and they tasted fucking great. And so did a cheeseburger from McDonald's in two thousand and two. Yeah. Well, it's true, yeah. right? It's like it's like this food really tasted really good, and it was okay, or at least was okay. You know, I didn't feel like I was gonna die afterwards. That's exactly. And now it's like, and I, I just so saw something that, like if you pull apart chicken McNuggets, there's like microplastics in yeah, there, I, like threads, and well, it's yeah. just it's just now you're you're more aware of what it is. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Is that all it is? You're changing. Yeah. Your body's changing. You're, you know, 
You've it's got- both though, right, Darren? It's yeah. not, it's that. It's me being more aware of it because I was just a kid. Like my our sons, you know, they're yeah. gonna fucking shuffle the shit in their face. And they're not gonna think twice about it, right? They're gonna love it. Yeah. But because it just tastes good, because they figured out the the science behind it with our brains, or whatever, you it, know. It they actually know. addicts you, doesn't it? It does. It, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. an addiction piece to it. Like yeah. there's some sinister shit going on. Yeah. You know, there's some sinister yeah. shit, and you, they get them when they're young. And so, unless you can be super disciplined parents who are like, you know, constantly doing this stuff and like. It's you know, and then your kid goes to someone else's house that has all the sugars and stuff like that, and they go crazy on them. And they go crazy on them, right? Yeah. Like the McDonald's thing, they do the um, the they have their own Coke syrup, and their straw is wider. Yeah, <gasps> McDonald's has their different. Yeah. You are like, oh crap, I need a McDonald's diet Coke. Uh, McDonald's I mean, has a different straw and sure. a different syrup. Because that it's gonna force you to to drink a McDonald's Coke because it is wider, it's bigger, it's yeah. juiced you right up, ah, yeah, and it makes you feel like it does. When you're drinking, I, I can even feel it. I know yeah. that what marketing. It's probably got like the higher. But it is fucking good. Course. It's fucking <laughs> good, dude. Exactly. A cold Coke out of those out of a McDonald's straw, dude. There's, right. there's no argument. Right. No, I mean they they did it right. Right. <laughs> Regardless I, of how wrong it may be. Right. But it's no, so I would right. I would say no, I would say it is so right in the in the Coke, but a double cheeseburger. Oh. I no longer give it. I wouldn't eat a double cheeseburger. No. And I, and but in, but in 2012, 2013, and even though my body has changed, I think that the the quality of it has gone down. Oh, absolutely. I would okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like that's the thing. I my you know my father talks about the 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 double cheeseburgers in the 80s. Like they were like you know the same as you know the ones Close we cure restaurant. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I went to Australia and we stopped at McDonald's and it was it was yeah. more like a burger. It had a beat on it. I was like, why can't we do this? <laughs> it was just it it became unreachable for these big companies to use the higher quality ingredients because the prices just kept going up. Yeah. That's you know. True. I mean, it, it, there's absolutely. there's a lot to that. There was a yeah just a Years ago, there was a cut of meat that came from the shoulder clod of a cow, and it's a muscle called the teres major, which basically just moves your, your bicep. And it's it's a very small cut of meat that's just surrounded in there from all these other muscles. And someone just kind of broke one down one day, and they were like, hey, this looks like a mini tenderloin, and it's super tender. And it has flavor because it was surrounded by all these other muscles and fat. Um, we should just cut this out and start selling it separately and marketing it as a petite filet. And people can do a surf and turf with it. And I remember the price was like a dollar eighty nine a pound at one point. Well, and then real quick, that doubled and tripled. And what happened was you saw a lot of these chain restaurants buying it up. Because there's only so many yeah. in a cow, and they're buying these things up, and then they're they're pairing it as a, a surf and turf with a petite fillet and grilled shrimp or whatever it might be, and they hit the market really hard on that, and it just depleted what was available. So that drove the price up, supply and demand, and now all of a sudden it was like, wow, this shit's almost six dollars a pound now. I remember when it was almost free, and it was a huge money maker. So I think that's what happens with a lot of the stuff. The same thing with short ribs, yeah. The, was, those, those yeah, short ribs wasn't that yeah. popular at first, and now no, it's like everywhere. Yeah. So it's probably well, we've been doing a short rib since since the day we opened, and yeah, now it was cheap. Everyone's trying. Yeah, it was, it was cheap. cheap. Exactly. That's how I always regarded it as. It was like it, it, this is just a cheaper piece of meat, and then now it's like it's everywhere. It's yeah. on every menu. You it's know, on the, Benedict in the morning. It's, it's on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the process isn't like a quick process. So that's no. You know, that's why it's a cheap product became. Oh, often. A more expensive 
menu item because of the the process that it takes to actually make it and make it good. Right. And, you know, you cook the hell out of it low and slow and they're delicious. They just mm-hmm. melt in your mouth. Yeah, they are. They are delicious. You know, they are delicious. And I, 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 I just, I, I want us to, I, I hear that it's happening, but it's not just the, it's the businesses. They're making a lot of money, yeah. right? They're not, it's, that's the thing. Some of these chains, they're making a lot of money. They could probably put a little bit more into food quality Absolutely. and get the, get the gold fever wings back to being the, the gold fever wings. But that's you, but you, 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 you know, they can't cut into their profit margin. Well, they're not. That's just it. They're not willing to. They're not willing to. I think is what it is. You know, they're, and that's just where we're at. And I, I mean, it, it is tough because you, you we, we talk about how they do fail, and they, you know, cut, and so you do need like the mindset needs to does like kind of need to be that. And I get that as an entrepreneur that you need to keep trying to you know cut cost and kind of get better and try to make more yeah. you know increase your profit margin. And it's like that's maybe that's just the system we live in, and so it's just gonna keep finding new things. But like with food, it's pretty. It's it's sinister and kind of you know not and they're not necessarily ones driving it necessarily, but like. Let's just like, what about a world where I, I know just from my, my experience with like beekeeping and talking with farmers, I know that like three farms per, per county, three big farms per county that were, you know, that, that you had could really help supplement like 40 to 45% of the, 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 the needs, the nutritional needs of that community. And that's just vegetable farming. Yeah. And if you had another three that were, that were uh, you, know, uh, you know, cattle, cattle, beef farming, then you could, you know, I think that number goes up to like 70%, you know, and it's like in 80%. And then, and that's just like the, you know, maybe the numbers I'm speaking, they're, they're close to that. They were, it was, it was substantial. And so it's like, why don't we, well, we got to create more models like that. Like what you guys are yeah. doing at Cure, you know, and I know that you guys have a little bit higher prices, you know, but like, to be honest, like I'll, I'm going to pay the $29 for a chicken startler breast versus the $22 that I would pay at Apple. Seven, like, sure. That's not, that. that's a difference, sure, but the price point isn't like, it's not where it should be where the food is literally double it. Then you're, then that should be half the price. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's just where I'm at. Organic 10 ounce breast that's been brined and, you know, crispy seared and, and cooked by someone with love. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like, that's, that's the, that's what it, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, I, it should be half that. I just, I'm, I'm mad at Applebee's. I want more, you know, and I want. Well, and that's the, the the strange thing too about a lot of those companies like that is that they're not really in competition with each other. They're in competition with themselves. <sighs> so they compete with their closest store. Yeah, because it's all franchises. So it's, all, it's all regional. So it's like if, you know, this store down here has is, is got better numbers this quarter than, than we do. Shit, we're in trouble. We may lose this store. Yeah. Right, you know that it's not. That's about, how they're running the business up from the top, and that's how it is how it goes. It's yeah. so true. Like just like I've I've worked in a, when I was in high school, I worked in like a Papaginos, and that's like a franchisee where they're very much so. They're yeah. always knowing what the other Papaginos. Like we're gonna beat that store. Yeah, we go, what what can we do to beat that other yeah. store? What what coupons can we do? And um, you know, but I just I, I think it's really cool that you guys are are providing that uh, you know, for and if uh, unfortunately I don't think this episode will get out before the end of Restaurant Week. But problem. restaurant week happens twice a year. Yes, <laughs> so, it does. And we fill up very quickly. So Yeah, get your get your ass over to Cure because it's a really, really beautiful restaurant. And like where it is cool, like to like uh I was trying is it is it Penn Hollow? Yep. I was trying Street and Penn Hollow. I was trying to figure out with Michael earlier, like because I call that like the shoot, you know, because it goes all the way down to the water. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like, what's the I was like, what's the name of the street? Like the shoot, you know what it is. So Penn Hollow. Get get over to the Cure guys. Um it's a really, really beautiful restaurant. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I, I think it's cool that the, the um you know, too, like, you know, Darren talked about it, like, you know, consistency and, and, and you know, just all the stuff that you guys have taken from food and you're sitting there smoking a joint during COVID. Oh, one second. I want to talk about this one more thing about food because you guys, we talked about on the phone and it's really cool 
about, uh, and this actually is going to go towards cannabis as well, and that will help us transition to that conversation is the ad- you need to be able to da- adaptable, right? That's what's really, uh, you know, in, in food service uh, and what we're learning in, in, can- in cannabis, you need to be adaptable. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you know, you like the, 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 the Darren said something really cool on the phone that like the, the companies that did well through COVID is you had a menu that was crushing, you know, people were coming in and you were packed every single night. You see, you had 60 seats and every single one of them was filled up every night. Uh, you know, and then COVID happens and you start coming in and people are getting takeout and you're getting takeout from your neighbor and your, your neighbor's crushing, but you're not for some reason. You're wondering why. And it's because your food, it doesn't travel well. And so people who weren't willing to like adapt and change their menu to, to, to figure out food that it figure out the containers that traveled well and putting in that time. Like I know the, 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 you know, during, I, I was, a, I was like one of the guinea, guinea pigs of this going through this, you know, ordering from all these restaurants, you know, being local, to, you know, being local to Portsmouth and seeing all this, you know, these, this happening in real time. Sure. It's like, oh, this place, you can't, you, I'm never going there again. Cause they, they yeah. can't, you can't take it home. Yeah. It doesn't travel. So like being adaptable, I think that that, I just want you guys to speak on that just a, a little bit. Cause it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's kind of what we figured out too. Like our duck, our duck is one of our signature items. So we got like a certain container that had like vents that you could, um, you know, pop open that actually held it really the, the temperature basically the complete time, but you could give it a quick uh, microwave if, if needed. Um, but then different boxes for like the French fries or different boxes for the salads and making sure the dressings are on the side and and that the you know crispy shallots were were packed separately uh, so that you can almost kind of put it together when you get home rather than it just kind of sitting on top of each other um so sounds perfect yeah we opened right as soon as we could um i think we were just shut down for the mandated i think it was the three months that they were um and then opened right back up yeah we were we were giddy up about that i love it i love it i don't care how good it is if you put it in a styrofoam or a plastic container, it's going to fucking suck. It's going to sweat. There's no way around it. Like, there just isn't. And, you know, once the compostable stuff started coming out and everyone was getting on board because they're like, hey, this is way better than styrofoam or plastic. Um, and then even towns were like, we're not going to allow any styrofoam or plastic bags. Like, there was towns that were saying, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, so they were forced to buy the compostable stuff, yep. which is, you know, absorbed some of that grease and and they were vented so it would allow it and yeah, it, it, it made, made the experience better it well it wouldn't build any condensation inside the container that would just go on the food and make it soggy as shit yeah like that was another thing and a lot of places were trying to cut corners when they were doing takeout to be like hey we're spending x amount a piece on these to-go containers let's just buy the cheap ones because we know that's all we can do so that'll help our costs. And so they're buying shit containers at the same time as not being able to adapt their menu to something that's going to travel well. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's like so unfortunate. You know, there's like a, there's this restaurant I have, a, a, and I'm not going to just call them out by name because and I, I, I have called them out by name on the show a thousand, not a thousand, there's tons of times because they're really great and it's a great restaurant. Um, but they they're using styrofoam for their takeout. I keep and I and I know the owner. And every time I go in there, I see him. I say, dude, you gotta you gotta move on. You gotta. He's like he keeps telling me, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna. And he will. 
you know, but they, they're just so, they're so good. And just trying to work through that palette that we bought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exa- well, that's how it goes, right? Exactly. That's kind of what he said, you know, he well, said to me. You know, at the same time too, like there was a big problem with getting a lot of those containers. Cause oh, I bet. Everyone's oh, yeah. doing it. So yeah. some, some places I get, like they had to get what they could get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Off topic, but the price of rubber gloves. Oh my God. Oh yeah. They, like, ja- the prices of all that stuff got jacked point? way yeah. up. Yeah, that's insanity. One hundred and fifty-seven dollars yeah. a case. It was just you know companies taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, uh, that happened everywhere. Um, you know, so I just thought it was cool. Like you said, you need to be like adaptable. You know, that's that's so it's so true. And the you know the companies that did that. Like I'm, I'm super. I've, I've always been tuned in on like food getting home. Maybe it's my old man who used to like drive a thousand miles an hour and put the food underneath the underneath the <laughs> heater and sure. the thing. You know, just yeah. Think, like the, at all costs, he wants his, you know, he wants his yeah. pizza He's hot. The same way. Like if I, if yeah. I get a steak and cheese, there's no stopping at, you know, Rite Aid to get my cotton balls or something. Yeah, no. Come right home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's if my advice. If we call in to take out, like I leave as soon as I hang up. Yeah. Regardless of how long they tell me. My I want that shit as fresh as possible. Dude, it's programmed <laughs> into my head to be the exact same way. And I just am that way because my dad made me that way. You know, I just, I'm. I, I time I'll show up early and that's how I know the you know the people in the restaurants because like, I, I show up early and I have to end up shooting the shit with them for five or ten minutes you know before I get my stuff and um, I'm also like my my partner would consider me extra um, because I uh, I like my wife my wife my wife my wife no I think he's saying I don't oh. know <laughs> oh because oh, I love it no everybody would consider me extra. You know, my partner is my wife but I'm gonna keep calling her my partner because I like calling her that and even though she's my wife but. Yeah, giddy up. That is actually that's more endearing. I feel like. Yeah, hell yeah. In life, my oh. partner. Yeah, you know, and you so. Used to come and call me your partner. Uh oh, I'm getting no, Darren in trouble. You guys are partners in everything. Yeah, like, your partners in in life. Your partners in business, and like you know, I I couldn't imagine. You know, I don't know how we. we she would help me organize a lot of stuff. She'd whip me right into shape. You know, but I don't know how we do working together. You know, but you know, Kayla and I. Um, but what was I saying? That you're extra. Extra. I'm. I am extra. Right. So like when I call a place, like I'm. I'm. Uh, before COVID even happened, I'm telling people to put the shallots on the th- on sure. the side. Yeah. You know the the crispy shallots. Make sure that they're yeah. on the side. And everyone would be like, Well, why are you doing that? It's like, because they're soggy. Because they're soggy. Yeah. Exactly. I, they're soggy when they get there. I'm trying to have the best experience. You get a to go. You get a takeout fee, and then the 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 tipping, which I'm all for, obviously. Like I I I, I tip sick. Like I I I need to like probably scale it back. But it, but the twenty percent's on there. Like no matter what you. I do love this. Now, I love this. As is, this is a great thing to talk about. I didn't know if you guys as restaurant owners would be comfortable talking about this because it is a thing that the. The, the the takeout and getting 20% for takeout, it probably shouldn't be a thing. It should have been a thing during COVID, yeah. 100%. Because yeah. there was. I, I don't I don't mind it if it's being used properly. Yes. If it's going to the right place. Yeah. That's because true. at the end of the day, how do you and I know where the hell that 20% is actually going? Like, who's seeing it? That's so true. That's yeah. so true. Especially when you're just putting it right into the, the machine. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, that's why I like to do cash. You know, I try to always do cash. And like, if it, I like to give the person cash, not put it into a, even if it's a bucket, you know, I like to do that too. But it's like, you were the one who helped me out. Here's the $5. Yeah. Yes, uh, here's totally. the $10. You know, like, that's it. But I, I, I agree. I like to know things out. And people are always, you know, weird. Like, you go into, you go to a CVS now, and you, you know, it used to be just for a, a month, you know, they or even a week, they would do, they would ask you for a roundup, you know, for the charity. Yes. Yeah. Now these cocksuckers are, excuse my language, <laughs> they're doing it always, every, and it's, and it's, yeah. it's every every single time, and it's because it's 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 just helping out their bottom line because they're just writing that office it's, and it's a donation like, oh, and, and making that. them making them look better. I do it at Petco. I already donate to the ASPCA like, yeah, just, and through the business, and I donated the Petco. Like it reminds right. me of office space where it's like just just pennies 
Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, that shit adds up quick. It adds up. Especially if it's uh, like on a large scale like that, you know? Dude, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a little much, you know? So we just gotta, we, we, you know, we want to tip the, the, the people. We want to make sure that they're getting it. Exactly. But also, like, let's just create a little bit better of a system where people can feel like they can go because it, it's it's affecting where people don't want to even go and get food anymore sometimes, you know. And then it creates like a negative interaction because, like, you want to, you know, my dad, for instance, he gets stressed about it. You know, he wants to always give somebody five bucks, but he doesn't want to give somebody twenty dollars for picking up pizzas. You know, yeah. he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, that's he, you know, he was a guy who would tip people before COVID was even a thing. You know, he would give the takeout people, you know, two or three bucks, whatever. You know, the the when he would go pick up. But then when it just exploded, he's just been he's been stressed about it, and I and rightfully so, you know. I I, I, I do, and that's what I was saying is like I'm such a generous person that I've always you know three if Starbucks like here's three dollars, but now you flip the screen around and it starts at like twenty five percent. You're it like just it shouldn't be an entitlement. And the pressure right. is there because you got to earn that shit. It's these handheld you know? ones too, where you're they're like okay, and now tip me. And now it's like, hit me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sure, okay, let's yeah. the twenty five, and, and especially if it's deserved. Like I will grossly lay down, you know, thirty on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you crush it, if I go into care and one of your servers absolutely crushes it, I'm asking them for menu recognition. Empty drink, and I never, I, I, I seltzer and crayon. I don't drink alcohol. It's like my go-to. How many times do I just get a seltzer with a lime? I'm like, that. Right. Yeah. Right. Just to go back to the adaptability thing, it wasn't just about COVID and the takeout thing and and what was going on there. It's just in general, as a whole, the business needs to be able to adapt to. Any kind of change that's going on, whether it's a fad or a trend, like you've you've got to give the people what they want. Absolutely. And if you can't do that, then you're probably not going to stick around very long. You know, I mean, it, it's a lot of times I feel like it, it came down to an ego thing where the owner or the chef or whatever just only wanted to do what they liked. And mm-hmm. it was about, I don't like this kind of potato, so I'm just not going to do it. But it's like, well, okay, but that's like the number one selling potato. So why would you not do it? Like, I might struggle with that. I might be a, a chef who was like that, you know? <laughs> well, it's a real thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, I did a lot of shit that I didn't want to do, but I did it because it was a business. It's a trend. It's a pre- exactly you got to do what the trend is. Surf and turf earlier. It's like every New Year's Eve, I do surf and turf because that's what the people want. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah right. Shit, here we go. Back to like the, the 80s of surf and turf. I like. Know. Here we go I, again. But we sell oh, no, you got to do sell it. Time. You got to do it because the people, you yeah. You bite the bullet you sometimes and just do the shit you hate. <laughs> you yeah, you got to do it. That's how business, sometimes you got to do the shit you hate the with business cake. week. The chocolate lava cake. And I don't think people always know that. With the, I love it. People don't always know that with the, with like your, um, you know, like with a passion when you're doing, when you're passionate about your job and you yeah. have, a, or it's a passion filled job, like. Sometimes you fucking hate your passion. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're, you're pissed because you, it's your business or you're not able to, to do it in the exact way that you want. So, you, But you're still going to do it. So yeah, it's like it's it, like someone ordering a well-done filet. It's like, <laughs> you fucking serious? Yeah, but you do it. Yeah, like, right. As bad as it is. Yeah, exactly. That's why I always manipulate my role at Cure, too. Is, is, um, I, like, I host now and do these extra kind of... Um, things with the kids and write the menus and expedite but you know i don't necessarily have to do the situation that you were in where you get the get the burnout so right yeah i mean in you know in the restaurant like world it's like the specials are what that's for so if you're forced to do things you hate to do then let the special shine you know that's your creativity you can do whatever you want and i always would try as hard as i could to make sure that like if someone ordered a special there was no substitutions on it because that was my that was my thing for that evening, 
you can do whatever you want to the rest of the menu. Like if you want to fucking hack it up, go for it. Right. But like, just give me this one thing. Yeah. I, just let me do this one Specials, thing. Specials, yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I worked for a guy that he, he would always just say like, this is the special tonight. This is what it is. There's no substitution. And we worked for an owner who was awful. And she was like, but this one thing you're putting on there is like super expensive, whether it was a, a black truffle, a white truffle, or like a, a aged balsamic vinegar or something stupid. Um, he was like, it's on the dish. Like that's part of the dish. That's like telling the painter to take that tree out of their painting. Like that's part of, that's what I created. And everything goes together, so it has based on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why I'd always be like, "No, you you get this." If they want to get a side of something else, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, this eat around it. If you don't like it, tough shit. Yeah, <laughs> don't order it if you don't just like it. One thing, just give me this one exactly. thing. Order something else. <laughs> you know, like that's the thing. It's like because you're gonna find a lot of people who get that and are like, "Oh, holy shit." I couldn't. I could never have cultivated this on my own. Yeah, I couldn't have cultivated these three things that are on my plate, putting them in my mouth at the same time. Holy shit! Or maybe they try something that they've never had before, and they're like, "Wow, that's fucking good." Yeah. And that's another exactly. That's another one, dude. Like that's that's where I I always try to do. Like I'm I I try to be consistent, but then sometimes I get out there a, a little bit, and I, I I like to when I travel, like especially somewhere to just talk about food. If you want to have a, like if you have you know gut dysbiosis and you want to have like a healthy gut. Just go like to South Africa or Ireland or any or you know anywhere else that's not the United States, Italy for two weeks, you know, and eat their food. Like you know, you said you were traveling in like other places, and they just they have better food, you know. They, yeah. It's not as you know commercially, um, you know, commercially made and turned over as many times as yeah. processed as it is here. So it just you just feel like so much better, and then the price point is cheaper, so you can like go out and order two 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 meals that night and kind of just experiment a little bit. So I I always love to do that when I travel. Um, now it's pretty cool that you guys were able to take, you know, that business and like have the, like the bravery, you know, to, to step into a new industry that, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, you, you were into cannabis because of your background and Darren, you know, being a, a kitchen guy, you, you know, you were around cannabis, all your, you know, and we're into yeah, it. I've been around it for a, a, a very long time. Um, longer than my mother knows, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was just, you know, it just kind of worked. It just came hand in hand with certain things that I was doing in my life at the time, whether it was music, uh, going to shows, concerts, whatever, or working in a kitchen or, you know, just being outside like on a golf course or hiking through the woods or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, I was always, you know, around it. Um, I think my first experience with it was back in, uh, 1994 and I never, I never actually smoked it then cause I was obviously I was fucking way too young to be doing that how old were you in 1994 uh shit what what year is it <laughs> i was in junior high okay uh, i was born in 1990 i'm 33 oh my gosh good for you yeah so, well good for all of us however old you guys are it's all good you know it get you up i just turned 40 <laughs> whoa well do you want to know what you know you you're you're, you're doing great you well, know thank you jacob too yeah baby right my man yeah so don't don't you know don't worry age is a number you yeah, know sure. it's the like, old fucker in the group now <laughs> <laughs> no, we, got, um, we got michael back in here he's older than all of us God, I love that. yeah but uh no i was just uh, i had gotten uh taken to my first like real like big concert ever um which just happened to be aerosmith uh in collective soul 
Clean the soul. Old Orchard Beach at the ballpark. Cool. And and I bet your light shined there. I smelled it, and I was like, "What the hell is that smell?" You know. And then there was more of it. I'm like, "What is that?" You know. And and well, that's that's weed. And I'm like, "Oh, that's what that is." Like I knew I'd smelled it before at other places. Yeah, right. Really, like now registered two together. Um, you know, obviously I knew what it was at that point. Um, but yeah. And, and then I just kind of, uh, you know, living in Portland too, like we got different stuff than what I would get up, you know, up that hole? far North. Yeah. Yeah. That was like shit. Yeah. Right. Um, and then blow your socks off a little bit. You're like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is the, the real deal. Like, and even now it's, Still way different than it was then. I mean, it, it's gotten better, stronger, cleaner. Uh, now we actually know where most of it comes from. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, if you're buying it on the legal market, obviously you know where it's coming from. Um, and yeah, I just, I've always been around it in one way or another. Like I've grown my own numerous times, uh, whether it's at our house or outside. Yeah. Um, just in random spots, you know, growing up, we, we just throw one out there and see what it does. Yeah, I love that. that. That's another chef thing. I know, like, I have, like, six chef friends who have told me that same story. Like, yeah, you know, just one time we just threw a bunch of plants in the woods, yeah, you know? I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, like, you know, you talk about this, like, back, like, like I, I wasn't doing that shit. I was never, th- you know, I was never thinking that way, you know? So it's like, it, it is so cool to, 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 it is a bunch of pirates, you know? It's a bunch of people <laughs> who just are, are different, you know? It's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a collective, it's a cool, co- it's a cool collective, and um, so I think, so then you got, so Julie, you guys got started on the, uh, you were trying to get the, 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 in Kittery, the way that Kittery did it, everybody is they had this like really bullshit system where they charged everybody a ton of money. I think it was like, you know, to, to put in these licenses, you know, it was like 7,500 bucks for a ticket and you could, you could do as many tickets as you want. So like a lot of conglomerates came up and bought a ton of the, you know, a ton of the tickets and, um, you know, and then, and then some people, you know, solo earners who had been met, you know, been medical for a long time in this space, tried to do it. And then they just did a lottery and did three licenses. And yeah. so, like, to get ready for that, people needed to to buy real estate, have real estate ready to go, have all this, you know, ha- have the provisional license ready, and it's just uh, that didn't end up happening for a lot of people. And so, you guys, as like business owners, who were going, you know, you were going, you know, you're getting ready to do this venture, and that's that's, you know, that's what yeah, we're at. Exactly. Um, we we knew we wanted to get into cannabis somehow. I had retail experience since before giving uh, going to culinary school, and uh, this was obviously coming up in Kittery like it's it's where I'm from I'm born and raised here so uh yeah we wanted to take a take a shot at at getting one of the licenses and we actually leased a space and we're all ready to go licenses all of that and then we sat there that night um at the uh hearing in Kittery and before they put the ordinance into effect they removed the zone in which our building was leased in uh, so a good, uh, definitely. And, and a couple other things too. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't going to be a lottery system up until that no, point. And then no, they were like, we want to do a lot one per zone. So it was like, you so there would have been, I think you five. Had, yeah. I think. Oh uh, yeah. So you guys have positioned yourself to be in the zone and yeah. they said, Hey, by the way, no, we're not doing that zone. We're not doing the other zone. We're just going to do this crazy lottery. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And in limited to three, three licenses, yeah. three licenses. Yeah. So at that point we were like, <laughs> we've gone far enough. Like we're not going to scrounge and try to find one that's in the zone uh we ended up just kind of sitting back and and licking our wounds and being like you know what did is the universe protecting us in this way that this isn't meant for us to do in a retail store fashion uh and we started talking and we're like 
oh my god like we're chefs like we know food like like what what are we even trying to do getting into a retail space so uh the the real estate broker that we had been working with had our current kitchen um the space was available it had been nothing for 20 years just dirt floor uh studs and so he showed us this and it was a 2000 square foot space and we were like this would be a beautiful kitchen um, so we ended up uh, working with him and, and signing the lease for that. And it took about six, seven months to build it out. Yeah, it was probably about seven months. Darren did the full the full design on how he wanted the kitchen to look and um, the flow of it, the colors. Um, we had already had our logo and everything going from, from the store. So we just transitioned that into the edible uh, company and then started just testing like crazy uh, different recipes and flavors and ideas of what we wanted Emerald Elevation to be and become and what we want it to move into in the future. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a really beautiful space that you guys have created over there too. I, I was lucky enough to to get a tour of it, um, you know, a couple of weeks back, and you know the yeah the whole the whole place is just absolutely beautiful. You know, it comes in. It seems like it's a great place that you you know, that you'd want to visit as a, as a person who, you know, you may, you know, uh, you know, people you're bringing in potentially do business with or people that you're showing and then also a great place to work. You know, it seems like a really cool place to work. And like, that's a cool thing that you've cultivated, you know, like tall ceilings, you know, yeah. sometimes kitchens can be, you know, they're, they're, they feel compact. Yeah. Um, I mean, being in a, being in a kitchen for as long as I was in, in different, you know, restaurants throughout my industry, the uh, career in the industry, every kitchen was either extremely small or extremely low ceilings. So it's like you're ducking to get under the hood system, you know, cause it's so low. Um, and there's like no windows. Yep. So it was always like you were in like prison or a dungeon and sure. we all acted like we were in a dungeon too, for the most part. <sighs> but yeah, the, uh, you know, the high, the high ceilings, it's a, a big open room. Still don't have those fucking windows though because we had to frost those out. Oh my gosh, yeah. But we still at least can get some light in. You know? Yeah, there is some light in there. You know, the 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 doors are glass at least. Yeah. You know, so there's some light coming in there. Yeah. So the like the space that you guys have created over there is just it's incredible. And I, uh, you know, I I think that like the part of that is, um, you know, with kitchens, you know, being so like small, like you were saying, Darren. It's like, I don't have a ton of kitchen experience, obviously, but when I was doing, you know, I've been to some of these, uh, you know, I was at the House of Blues in Boston. We were doing the grilled, we were doing grilled cheese there. I was, you know, I was with these guys, my original partners, um, you know, that I started the, you know, started the honey journey with. And, you know, the, the, I was in the kitchen making grilled cheese sometimes, you know, I wasn't necessarily the cook, but I was up there, you know, I was yeah. kind of going up there to get them. And then it's just like, just watching that, just like saying, wow, man, this is a, this is crazy. How many people are in this moving around? with sharp ass knives, the sharpest knives possible, <laughs> sure. you know, like, and everyone like loves each other and they're all cool, you know, for the most part, you know, you got yeah. a couple, a couple, whatever, but like everyone loves each other. It's like a family. Mm -hmm. That's literally what it is, you know? And so, um, yeah, I feel like that's, well, you know, what you guys are, are you're, you know, when I, that's the vibes that I got in when I walked into Emerald Elevation. Um, is there something to the name? Uh, I, you know, I don't really know exactly. We just kicked around a bunch of things, uh, in the beginning. Yeah, we talked about it for a long time. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I don't really know how we landed on it. It just. I like. I like it a lot. I, I think it kind of came from like a couple different things, and we just kind of married the two together, and then that's. I'm trying to go back and think of some of the ones that we were close on that we rejected. Yeah, we had some really bad ones too. Yeah. Um. But like, 
I think Green Blossoms was one of the things, which is actually yeah, that's our our, our LLC. You know, LLC. Yeah, um, and it was just because oh shit, we need a name just so we can finish <laughs> filling this out. Yeah, I I, I get that part. You yeah. know, so my my LLC is different than the name of my than the Doctor B Well as well. Yeah, you know, it's um, just it's all it's all. Yeah, uh, so glad we're not Green Blossom Edible Company. That was the- yeah. I mean, it was just kind of. Uh, I think we just picked we we narrowed it down. It's like trying to name a kid. Yeah, you know, it's, sure. it's hard. It is, man. Um, and, you know, we wanted to have a name that would kind of reflect on what we were as a company. Um, you know, I think uh, I had a delivery being dropped off the other day and from UPS and that he was like, I thought it was like an elevator company, <laughs> you know, or or uh, like when stuff gets delivered to Green Blossoms, people think it's a Chinese food restaurant. Yeah. Oh, shit. Sure. Yeah. You know, so I get that part, but it was, you know, like the elevation thing, like you just want to, you want to stay elevated, which is, you know, one of the hashtags that we like to use a lot, um, to, to bring you to that next level mm-hmm. that you're looking for, um, uh, regardless of what type of that level it yeah. is that you're looking for. Right. Um, might be focus, might be creativity, might be relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a giddy up. I, I mean, I, I like it. It's a, it's a vibe for sure. And I love like the design of it and, um, you know, like the the double E, I think is really cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The in the the logo and the design and stuff is beautiful on on all your edibles. I think it's really great. Um, so you guys built out the, you know, you built out the, uh, you know, you got your dual license, so your medical and adult use. Yes. You got, you know, the the move the move was to like like many of us is to to get started in medical and to create a you know create a market and kind of figure things out there and and then to you know to to delve into create a plan to to go into the adult use market and. The edibles that you guys created as sh- as chefs, you know, I-, I obviously have an opinion on them, and I think that that they're like they're amazing. Um, and it's, you know, I don't think that I think that this is a uh, probably a little bit rare uh, based on you guys being such a new company. But then you you submitted some of your edibles to the Nikan competition in Maine. Uh, so this is and this was this the first Nikan in Maine, I believe. Th- no, they they did it in uh, they did it in Portland at. The sports center, sports arena okay. complex, yeah. and then I think they used to do it at the Portland Expo as well. Okay, so maybe, maybe I'm just mistaken. This is the first one in Augusta. This is the first yeah. one in Augusta. Yeah. Okay, that's what, exactly. And I, I just I, uh, I went to my first Nikan in, in Boston this year, and I, I was I had something going on during Augusta, so I wasn't able to go up to the main one. But it was uh, you know when I heard that, like I I knew that a lot of a lot of people who submitted to these competitions. You know, I heard about it through the grapevine and who was doing this, and um, you know, you guys. Uh, you know, you took, uh, you know, f- uh, best baked goods and best snack chocolate bar. You, uh, you came in first for the, for the, uh, for the b- best baked goods and best snack chocolate bar. You came in second place. Yes. That's pretty impressive, man. People are making chocolate bars for a long time in this state, you know, a yeah. long time in Maine. And so the, the fact that you guys were able to, to elevate, you know, that, <laughs> that quickly is, uh, is impressive. And, um, you know, you'd speak to speak about it a little bit because I actually got to, to have one of those bars. Uh, you know the cookies and cream, and it was yeah. the cold, the cold brew, right? That's yeah. A, yeah. It's, so talk about that a little bit, people. It was uh, basically so we signed up to have a booth at Nikan. It was our first, you know, event as the company. Um, and our our catalog wasn't as big as it is now. It was, you know, much smaller. Um, I, I think we had just kind of introduced a few of the new products, so it did get a little bigger than what we originally started with, um, and then. We signed up, got the booth. We had our pop-up tent design from our designer and the, you know, the backdrops and stuff. And we were like, we, we want to do it right. We want to go in there and 
give it our best shot and look our best and present ourselves as who we are as a company. Um, and then I got an email and it was like, oh, the, the Nikan Cup competition. Like, if you want to enter, now's the time to enter and submit it and whatever. Any competition that and I was comes like, in front of me, I'm like, let's do it. I'm like, hell yeah. And I'm like, I could give two shits about that stuff because I, I don't, I, I like flying under the radar. Cool. Okay. Cool. I'm over here doing the chop. As I was saying, yeah. kitchens and the. Yeah, I'm like, I don't have any desire to do that shit. Yeah, okay. It's not yeah. really about winning. It's just about playing the game. I just, I love just playing. fun to be like the yeah. fun to do it. Fun yes. to be in yes. the competitive mode. Yeah. So, and and, and I will we'll talk about it. The, uh, you know, like uh, you know, after this, because I do want to talk about you know, not not too much, but you're you're oh, sure. about chopped and cut yeah. her kitchen because you know Julie's been on those shows and she's crushed it on those shows. It's been really cool. Like I watched the episodes. I was like, oh, this is thanks. so this is so cool <laughs> watching her. See her doing her thing. You know, like so I, I uh, that so you were the one bringing the competition and said, Darren. Well, I, we're so gonna do this. I was like, "Do you want to do this?" And she was like, "Yeah." I mean, I, I think we should. Um, so I'm like, "Yeah, cool. Let's let's do it." Which What do you want to submit? And she was like, well, I, "I don't know. What do you What do you think?" And I was like, "Well, there's only two categories. So we just did uh, our mini blueberry cheesecake and the baked goods, and then uh, the cold brew cookies and cream and the and the snack chocolate." And it's really cool because the cheesecake recipe is actually um, the recipe that I use at Cure for our cheesecake that people love. So it's kind of running through. With a couple little tweaks. Little tweaks there. But it's the base for it. So people yeah. will go come in and, you know, how's the edible company going? Like, like, what can we do? I'm like, well, first of all, you have to have a med card at this moment. Uh, and then you have to cross the border and go to uh, try the cheesecake. But no, it's it's absolutely delicious. And now we've got four different flavors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the uh, I gotta talk about the cheesecake. So the uh, I I am like with edibles. I uh, normally if I'm get, gonna get high off edibles, I'm gonna take my honey. You know, like that's of normally course. how it's gonna go. Unless somebody gives me some edibles and they give me you know gift me something and I get to try it and and I'll definitely. But normally how that goes is I I try it and I try it. You guys gave me all four of your cheesecake flavors. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to like try one tonight. I'll just try like the blueberry one tonight and like tried that and was like, like, holy shit. Nice. Like an, a half hour later, I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm like pretty high, but like, I'm like, I want some more of that cheesecake. <laughs> like I was like, you know, testing myself. I was like, okay, can I, am I going to be able to still like withstand the, you know, the cannabis here? Because I really want some more of that cheesecake. <laughs> and so, man, I, I crushed those, you know, I had, I had two that night and I had two the next night and it was just, it was great The you know, the, the effect was amazing. Um, you know, which I'm very, uh, you know, tuned into and I, I'm very, uh, like conscious of because of, that's like what I, you sure. know, the whole yeah. reason I did the honey was because, you know, I was, you know, taking these edibles sometimes. I mean, my heart would be racing out of my Absolutely. chest. I would be all fucked up. I'd be sweating like crazy, not yeah. knowing the dosage was wrong, whatever. So, like, I was very, uh, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, the, what you're using in your products is, is high quality stuff, like from not just from the cannabis side and from the food side, like it, it shows, you can tell. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I was, that was. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, me, well, me and I guess the me and the Nikan judges, you know, every, everybody's like, everybody's loving the cheesecake. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't expect anything. Like, I was like, well, we'll just see what happens. You know, I have no idea how many people submit to that stuff. Like, I, it was all new to us. Um, and then I, I don't remember which one they, they did first, which category. Um, was it, I think it was the, the snack. I think it was the snack one first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know they're doing the awards, and then they called us out for the second place, and then the next one was the baked. And I was like, okay, well, if we got the chocolate, like, 
it would be better if I can get something for the cheesecake. And then they did the, the third and then the second. I was like, okay, maybe that's it. And then they called us for the, you know, the first place for that. And I was like, wow, that would, that's fucking great. Like, yeah, man. That's well, huge. That's huge. And what like a, um, well, like a, you know, thank you for sharing that story with me because it's like, well, you know, like how you went through it. Like, like you're, you're Darren, the guy who doesn't want to necessarily get into the competitions, wants to fly under the radar. But no, hey, I actually, you know, my wife, you know, my partner, you know, suggested. The face of the whole thing. Yeah, suggested, exactly. <laughs> suggested I, exactly. She said, she suggested I, I do this, we, that we do this and we, we go up and we make this move and we do it and, you know, and then like the, you know, you're, you're like, you probably didn't think you were going to win. Like not, not trying to, you yeah. know, like yeah. you hope for the best, you hope for the best, yeah. but you guys are a new company and there's a thousand other people who are submitting, you know, and it's chocolate, like chocolate bars are, you know, people have been doing yeah, for a long time. They're, yeah. So like, you know, and then to, to get second place and then you're like, but then that's the exact next thought that I would have had, like, shit, if the chocolate bar got second place, cause he gave me a chocolate <laughs> bar and I had both of these yeah, things yeah. and the chocolate bar was great too. If I haven't gotten through that yet, because I think you gave me a 300 milligram one, you know, which is a little bit you know, yeah. juiced up. So, you know, I haven't made through that one yet. But um, so it, the, the, then to to for to come and you want to know what it tells me that the um, the judges, it tells me that they were actually there. There's something they they're they were in tune with what was going on. They weren't just like, you know, sometimes I think of that stuff. It's like, how oh, that's a really tough thing to judge. Are they getting good judges? That yeah. tells me that, yeah, they were. They because the chocolate bar is really good. And then. The next thing, the baked goods, you know, the cheesecake is like, get the cheesecake, guys. It's a, it's a super affordable too. It's like, a, you know, a low price, price point thing. Yeah. You go into the, you know, you go into the dispensary right now. It's in a lot of the medical shops. Um, you know, go on their website. You know, I know that they have a, a you know, a, a locator on there where you can get, uh, you know, anywhere that is serving it. You guys can figure out by uh, putting your zip code and go from there yeah. or whatever it is. Um, so the, uh, the, 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 the cheesecake now that's kind of like uh, was a kind of like challenge, you know, different like a challenge, you know, because you're kind of doing something frozen. It has to be shipped frozen. Yeah. Uh, so that's this challenge, and that's that's kind of where it's like the fun chef part comes in, right? Like kind of figuring out some of this, uh, you know, some of the challenges that you're gonna that you can that you can go through. Like I said, I, I don't know how many people, uh, probably maybe some people thought of it, but like you were thinking about doing prepackaged meals, chicken breasts, and all yeah. that. That's kind of yep. cool, you know. Yeah. So um, we knew that was something that wasn't gonna happen out of the gates, but. You know, maybe eventually we can get to that point, which would be great. But with the cheesecakes, yeah, I mean, it, we didn't want to put a bunch of preservatives in there. We wanted to keep it as true as what it actually was. And I, the only way to really do that was to, you know, make them, freeze them, and then ship them frozen, and then have them stay frozen at the dispensaries, and then given to the, you know, consumer frozen, um, to either bring home and throw it in their freezer for when they want to enjoy it or just slack it out in like 20, 30 minutes and eat it then or just eat half of it and then put it in your fridge and you know it's good for at least, you know, up to a week refrigerated. It's good for like the next five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell when I'm going to circle back and go suck it right down, dude. Oh That's the problem I have with a lot of this stuff is that um, it, it, like it's hard to put it down. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not like... I can't just sit there and just eat chunks off a 300 milligram bar. I'm just not there. Right. Um, you made me a non-dose while I was pregnant for every like nuclear yeah, that yeah. you would that you would do. And yeah, the the, so the pretzel one, our newest, not newest, our newest is the birthday cake, but um, the pretzel bar. Yeah, I I am ashamed to say I ate that whole thing in one sitting. What? <laughs> no, well, you were you know you were yeah. carrying a of little course. you were carrying a little baby, and you know. But the trail bars on the other side of that. Yeah, yeah, those are. Uh, those are something that I uh, 
Did you submit that to the snack category? No. We no, we probably would have got second place. We, we might did. for Boston, though. <laughs> Boston knee can's coming right up. So. Yeah, well, good luck. Thank you. I'm saying good luck, but you're, you're going to have to compete versus me. Oh, oh very <laughs> cool. Yeah. Right, but but, well, but get, get it I up. I love that. Yeah, I feel like I, I only want to compete. We're thinking, we're thinking about no, it. Well, no, well, I'm not a baked good, but I don't know if that's a category, but I, I know that for they have like a uh, edible, best new sure. best new edible category, oh, cool. and that's what I'm. That's what we're going to oh, be submitting awesome. to this yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good luck to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We were gonna we were kicking around the idea of maybe doing that too, just to see like, you know. You should definitely get down to get down to Boston Ecan. You know, it's just a great experience. It's a yeah. great weekend, you know, there's a ton of people in the industry who are there who, you know, will be able to just to connect and like, you know, I don't you know, you know, get a booth through that, you know, for sure too, because like it's just a it's just great, you know. It's like I don't know what the price point is because I don't necessarily have to I, I go down there with my partner. Um, you know, Berkshire Roots who's amazing down in Massachusetts, you know, love you Berkshire Roots, giddy up. Um, but they, it's just the, the, the vibes down there, the, the spot, the, the people who go, it's a, it's a cool event. Yeah. Well, the, the, they're, they're all, they're all fun. All those events are fun. It's so great about this industry. Cause like you said at first, I mean, we are new to the industry for how long it's been going. And, and, um, at first, you know, I, myself, I won't speak for Darren, but you know, I was a little shy kind of coming in you know wanting to especially i do the sales part of it and i'm you know i go into the dispensaries yeah. i didn't know how we were going to be received and everyone's been so lovely and and so welcoming and i mean even at NECAN when we won like a bunch of other edible companies came over and congratulated us and and um uh, we're having a not want to say a lot of fun going to different uh things like the the union because these are serious things that are, are affecting the medical industry and and whatnot, but meeting other people and, and yeah. starting it to It can be join. fun. Yeah. It can be yeah. fun to do this stuff. It can be yeah. fun to talk about, you know, about unionizing and doing the, yeah. what they got going on over there, you know, with the, the medical, you know, the medical operators. I think that that's, that's yeah, cool and it can be fun. And, and um, we're really passionate about that as, as well as joining the community and, and becoming part of it that way. Uh, I, I mean, I, I always just take the approach of it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. We're just, we're going to do what, what we know we can do. Keep our head down and just stay in our lane. Like, that's it. Definitely. You know, I mean, it, and we've had a few people reach out that want to do some stuff with us. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's do it. Like, absolutely. I think that's that's great. Yeah. When we can do collaborations on stuff, that's huge. Um, one, it just builds relationships and it, it kind of unites the, the community. And uh, all too often it's like, you know, medical versus AU. But at the end of the day, it's all the same industry. Like, let's be honest. We're all trying to do the same thing. Um, and it, the restaurant scene used to be that way, you know? So there's so many comparisons. The beer scene used to be that way, where, like, every beer company hated the next beer company. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're all doing collaborations. And it's like, this brewery is working with this brewery on this one beer, uh, limited release. And they're great, you know? And it just it builds some kind of camaraderie in the industry and and uh, i think that's kind of where the cannabis industry is going i've seen it more and more you know as we've you know been involved in the industry so yeah Maine's Maine's really cool too you know Maine's really it, oh it's it's unique and i don't want to say it's unique in the fact that like you're not going to get that in other places where people are their community isn't going to be there because it is going to be there yeah. but Maine, it's definitely juiced up you know it's really cool it's a, a beautiful program here that's been created that's been a lot, you know, it's, it's allowed for regular people to get into the industry and to grow the business from the ground up. Um, 
And it's the same thing in some of these other jurisdictions, you know, like, you know, Vermont, but in other places, it has been different. You know, you needed, you know, you needed a little bit more money to get started. And so it's created a little bit different of a community and yeah. in terms of like who the stakeholders are necessarily. And, you know, but it's, it's, it's all that it is all that's good. You know, it's good. And it's, and now it's too, it's like, we're at the point where, Hey guys, like this industry is tough and it's a cutthroat industry in terms of it's, it's uh cutthroat in terms of like going against the t- going against time because every it's a brand new industry that's only you know 26 states that it's it's le- you know legalized in um and we are uh you know have to ha- are competing against each other and in some places that that it, it you know creates an environment where where people are driving down price you know against each other and yeah. it's like no that's like, other industries get together and say hey man like let's let's have a coalition where we're not going to you know not mess with each other negatively and I'm seeing a lot more of that now too recently, which is cool. Because like for a while, I thought, oh, maybe it's gonna, it could go in, a, it could go in a really negative way. And and some things, some you know, some people are gonna lose their shirt in the next couple of years. That's gonna be a really sad thing. Um, but like if we can, you know, the people who are doing it the right way and are you know come together and collaborate and and uh, you know rise together, elevate together. Yeah, that's gonna that's, that's gonna be the giddy up. That's how it has to happen. You know, everyone has to come together and understand that they're all fighting the same fight on the same team. Um, and Power and numbers. That's how you get shit done. Yeah. If you want some serious changes, you got to work together. Don't just like, you know, pass stuff off to the other guy because it's not for you. Um, yeah. Don't be, yeah, I don't pass the buck, you know, don't yeah. pass the buck. No. You know, you know, the only way is through, you know, that's like the biggest thing that we talk about in the show. Like the only way is through, you've got to do it. And with the industry, man, we're all pioneers. And, we're all people if, doing this. We're creating this. I think if there's, if there's issues within the industry, I, everyone should be fighting to fix the issues instead of just I'm like competing against each other and yelling against each other. So it's like, yeah. you know, with Maine, I, you know, the medical and adult use, you know, like testing is the big thing. Like, you know, adult use wants medical to test and wants them to be a part of metric and, uh, you know, because they have to do it. And, and then, so instead of instead of it looking like okay, well, adult use is doing metric and they're doing it to this you know very big scale where everything has to be completely you know completely recorded and tracked, and medical doesn't have to do anything right now. And like, there's obviously somewhere in the middle that can be met where you know like right yeah. now they're here, so let's bring AUs yeah, down, let's raise medical up a little bit, maybe yeah. you know like there's something. But you don't know, try and implement a broken system to, opposite because exact you, you know. Like exactly. That's, that's my problem. Don't that. try to implement a broken system on the like on the opposite it. side. Fix it. Fix it, and and help people fix it. You know, yeah. don't, and don't just try to use it as a tool to to say you know as a, like a political tool almost to say like, hey, we're gonna we're just gonna drown out these medical people uh, because that's that's we we, they, we have to do it, and, we, and it's not fair to us, and we want to be able to compete with them, and we want to be able to compete, and it's like no man, there's room for everybody, mm-hmm. yeah. and let's talk about it together. Let's coalesce together and figure Sacrifices out. may have to be made on both sides. One. You know, that's understandable. Usually in a good agreement, that's you know? usually how it goes. Sure. You know? It's just, any, that's business. It's any kind of business. You yep. have to do things that, like, you might not necessarily agree with or you think is a pain in the ass. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many different examples, but even just in the restaurant industry, like, there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through in order to operate. You know, every state's different. Every town is different. Uh, they may have different regulations and, and different rules that you have to follow. And it, it, it's at the end of the day, it's just about like getting people a great product that you can stand behind and collectively work together to make it happen. Yeah. And, and don't, you know, shove shit down people's throats because you're pissed that you have to do it. Like fix yeah. the problem. We fix all know it's broken. Let's work together to try and fix it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And like, you know, getting the quality ingredients and quality and creating a quality product like you guys do with your with your trail bars, like you guys do with your cheesecake, like you do with your all your other edibles, like you do with your chocolate bar. 
Um, you know, I, I do, I do want to touch on the chocolate just like a, a little bit. Cause like, is there, there's obviously a reason why, you know, that not, you know, to obviously your, your ability to, to create the process and in, in your infusion, you know, technique and all that. But, um, you know, you're, you're, what is the word when you're chocolating? What is the word that you're like when you're doing chocolate, the chocolaters? Chocolate. Chocolatier. Okay. So I cho- yeah, to the chocolatier. So they, um, they, you, you know, that's what you guys are, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, almost like becoming that. And it's, you know, can you tell me a little bit about like the, you know, the difference in the product and like why yours might be a cut above, uh, you know, compared to, you know, to some other people? I mean, I, I'm, I've, I've never, ever considered myself a baker, um, ever in, in, in the food sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like doing dinners and having to make desserts and just different shit that we're doing at an event or whatever it might be in the restaurant world you just you have to do those because you know pastry chefs are almost a thing of the past at this point like you just it's very rare to find a restaurant that has a pastry chef unless they're you know next level michelin star you know like a three diamond like they're huge establishments you know um that have stood the test of time like there you're going to find a pastry chef but like a mom and pop restaurant Chances are you're not going to find a pastry chef. I mean, shit, it could be the dishwasher helping out make a dessert, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just, the you know, the chocolate that we use is the chocolate that I've used for a, a, an extremely long time in the restaurant world. Um, and it's a very high-quality chocolate. And, you know, we use it in the restaurant scene because you're not using a large volume of it. It's just a little bit. It could just be a garnish on a plate. Uh, it could be in whatever it is that you're making uh it wasn't really the showpiece so you could afford to spend the extra money on a super high quality chocolate um so that's what we're doing you know with the edible company and we're just staying true to the chocolate just let the chocolate do what it does um you know we we uh we tried a ton of different chocolates before we really committed to this one, which in my mind going into it, I already kind of knew that that's what we were going to use. But you still did the due diligence. But we still had to do and it. That's a giddy Just because, you know. And, you do your due diligence. And you, and you want to make sure that what you're going to commit to is readily available. And, you know, chocolate's one of those things that you don't know what's going to happen in it. Especially uh, with the market being so volatile. Yeah, it, it's, it's... It comes and goes. Down, you know, and uh, we... Uh, committed to this chocolate and it it gave us a little bit of trouble in the beginning um as far as getting the the tempering 100 percent uh because we went through like i said all these different kinds of chocolates and we were like okay well let's just do our our basic three a white a dark and a, and a milk um and i'm like oh there's so many different you know dark chocolates out there whether it's a 65 percent or an 80 percent or like just what are we going to commit to and we went with like a 55 because i'm like dark chocolate's not for everyone um but at least this one i feel like everyone can enjoy Mm -hmm. so it's not overly bitter it's not super sweet obviously because it's a dark chocolate it's somewhere in the middle and i feel like it with the majority of the people that are going to try it, they're going to be happy with it because of it not being overly bitter or yeah. Too sweet. What what is that? Do you know what that is? The percentage, like eighty percent, what twenty percent, what? So we're we're uh, we've got we do a fifty five percent dark chocolate, and it's just the 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 amount of the cocoa 
the amount of uh, the amount of cocoa that's going in is fifty. It's fifty five percent dark chocolate. So is it just more than like, and you're not adding milk or like I don't. So yeah, you're 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 losing the dairy. Okay. Each time you 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 know lower that percentage, so um, you know you can get a dark chocolate out there that has zero dairy in it. Wow. Okay. So like zero percent. Yeah. And that's that's what the percentage be... the percentage of dark chocolate in the in there in the in the in the bar. And it's gonna be. Uh... Probably pretty bitter, you know. Imagine that. Um, yeah. But for people that want that healthy chocolate, like that's for them. Yeah. You know, and uh, the, I think the white chocolate we have a thirty-three and a thirty-five. The the milk chocolate we've got a thirty or no, sorry, a shit. What was the? I think it's a thirty-six and a thirty-five in the milk chocolate. I'm not 100. percent So it's funny. So the only real difference between milk chocolate and dark chocolate is the amount of chocolate that's in it. Is the amount of cocoa that's in there. Yeah. And it's cocoa. It's not like it's not cacao that goes. It's not co- it's cocoa that goes in there. And cacao is a different thing. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just the you've got the fruit. Yeah. Which you can eat the fruit. Yeah. The cacao fruit. I've never actually eaten it. Have mm-hmm. you? No. It, I, it, it's kind of uh, it can go one way or another. Okay. The flavor of it, I think, depending on the ripeness of it. Okay. Um. It can either be a little sweet or pretty bitter, and okay. it doesn't at all taste like chocolate. Wow. Okay. So I would like to get my hands on something and just kind of give it a shot. Yeah, that would be really cool. I I I would do that experiment with you. Yeah, I think you can you can get it somewhere. Like, yeah. there's a couple of markets where you might be able to buy it. Okay. Cool. We'll have to do an experiment. We'll do it live on the show sometime, <laughs> and then see see how they they vary. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's the thing, because like, and you told me, like, you know, you, you know, your your chocolate bar, it's crisp, it cracks, it's not gonna, it's not like a, a Hershey's chocolate bar, which would like bend in the in the sun, right? Yeah, like, well, and that's just the tempering of the chocolate. That's you know, the tempering. You, you've got to get the the tempering right, and each chocolate is essentially different, you know. And every time the environment can be different, whether the humidity's high or low, the temperature of the room is high or low, that all has an effect on the chocolate. Um, uh-huh. So there's a, there's a lot to it. Um, and, you know, I think if you just start with the quality ingredient, you're going to have an, a quality end result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's how it starts. You know, it's like, well, that's my whole thing, right? Like I use the quality ingredient, which is high quality honey that's sourced from the bees that, you know, local honey, not the, you know, the bullshit McCormick's, you know, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, uh, you know, and it's also local cannabis, you know, local, you know, high quality cannabis. You put those two things together. You guys are seems like you're doing the same thing, uh, you know, down that path. Um, you know, it's so cool, so cool what you're doing, you know, that, and the goal is just to keep, to, to, you know, to, to keep growing it and, to, you know, to keep, keep, you know, getting into, getting into stores and, you know, doing some events, you know, I know yeah. we talked about that a little bit. And yeah, I'm really excited now that um, the baby's here and maternity leaves over, I'm going to be attending uh, a networking event tonight. And I'm really, really active in the community as far as the restaurant industry. Uh, so I'd love to, to, do the same thing on on the cannabis side as well so yes i i i think that that's a, a great idea and now you're, you're going to go to the you can the you can networking event yeah yeah Mike oh. invited us so. yeah why well, i invited you oh you did oh yeah, yeah. He, took, he took credit for it then he did your credit for it, the bastard <laughs> no unbelievable um no but no we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys there you can's great you know they're they're a great local group you know who's uh you know these are the yeah, to people that have those conversations that what we're talking about, like, hey, how can we help each other? How can we not be in competition? You know, my my buddy Kyle, he you know he started that group. He's actually going to come on the show. Um, you know, yeah, he's gonna 
talk about that and talk about what you know what, what he's built and, and you guys will get to be a part of it tonight so that, that's really you know really cool wait. yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be great they think that you know uh you know it sucks that i sometimes i wish i could do like a it was like a live show so we could get this out there and you know get people to come with us but oh, awesome. look up for the you can they do it once a month so for people you know you won't be able to make it to this one but we'll be at the next one too um so yeah, that's the whole thing. So we're just gonna keep getting, get it, you know, keep getting together, keep, uh, you know, pushing this forward. You know, both of our brands, individually and collectively. Um, you know, I, I'm so excited to, you know, to have, uh, you know, done this with you guys today, and to, you know, to to to, to be here with Thanks you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. This yeah. Is great. Yeah, man. This is a this is really really great today. Uh, you know, the 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 Dublave, a, a two show, <laughs> my my first my first married couple. Um, you know, first, you know, that that also business partners like you guys are so super impressive. Um. I, I literally, I can't wait to see what, uh, you know, transpires next and what type of edibles that yeah, you're going to. working on a couple of different um, new products. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of ideas that. Yeah, there's a there's a few few different things that we've been doing, um, you know, trying to maybe incorporate another package to our catalog that's a little more, you know, healthy, so to speak. Um, you know, I mean, the, it can only be as healthy as we can make it to an extent. I mean, there's definitely certain things that we have to do. Like there's gotta be some kind of fat in there to carry it. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different logistics to it as well as the packaging and, and making sure that it is shelf stable. That's another big thing. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're working on some, uh, some other, you know, pectin based gummies. Um, I, I did a few, way back in the beginning and kind of just put it on the shelf because I was like, let's get the other one, you know, nailed in, locked down before we bite off more than we can handle at this point. Because um, at the time it was just me and then she would come down and help me do a few things here mm -hmm. and there. Um, so we, we are working on those. So it'll be, you know, minimal ingredients, uh, fresh fruit puree um, and incorporating the, the the natural flavors and colors of those fruits so no artificial colors, no artificial flavors. Um, you know, I think there's a market for that. And I think that market is growing every day uh, as more and more people become conscious of what they are actually eating. And then there's some people that just don't care. Um, and, and we want to have stuff for them as well. Yep. And I, I think there's a lot of those things out there. And uh, I think this is just going to be another thing that will get us into some of these other places. Um, and, and get our name out more. We've had people reach out to ask about those questions. And I'm like, you know what? We, we currently don't do some of those things, but we're working on it. It's always been there. It's always been the back in the back of our minds and something to strive forward to. So we're, we're making those changes to, to do some of those things now that we have the opportunity. So. Awesome. Where, uh, where can the people find you if they want to like follow you guys on social or see what you're up to? Uh, they can find us on our on our Instagram page. It's uh, just at Emerald Elevation yep. Cannabis Co. Um, the website we've got a lot of updates that we do through there as well. But mostly the Instagram is going to be popping off soon. We're working with a uh, local cannabis company as uh, media group as well, local local cannabis media company. Um, so they're going to help kind of push our brand and get our and get our product uh, really. Uh, 
Oh my gosh, I just lost my like turn it off. Yeah, more yeah. You know, more robustly yeah. in in front of other people's faces. Exactly. You know? Yeah, so I can kind of be out on the road and, and not it, have to worry about it's that. Great, because to see the journey that we've been on to going from conception, well, from brand design to conception to thinking we do a retail store to deciding we were going to do a, a kitchen to like Darren just said, being solo by himself to now we have an amazing uh, caregiver assistant that works with him uh, to our broker that helps us do the upstate, the upper part of the state. So it's it's really cool to see this growing and and the relationships we're so excited at emerald elevation cannabis co and then at cure yes okay is yep. it just is it at, a restaurant at cure restaurant okay at cure restaurant uh you know you guys can find uh you know darren and julie there um you know thank uh you know thank you guys all so much for spending this time with us today we really appreciated it uh you know if you have any questions for for us for dr be well you know where to find us until next time we will see you guys then Giddy up. Thank you. Thank you.